Today's podcast is brought to you by the first original Rob Has a Podcast web series, Reality Game Masters. Watch the trailer and get more information when you visit realitygamemasters.com. Coming to you live from my apartment. It's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's a guy who has never once ever been accused of having a hidden immunity idol in his pants, Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rob Has a Podcast. I am Rob Sesternino, and uh, we are back here to talk about the Survivor Caramoan episode number two on our big recap podcast coming here at you at the robhasawebsite.com. So very excited to be back with you guys again. Had a uh, really, really fun show with Stephen Fishback last night on Survivor Know-It-Alls, and I spoke with the latest player voted off of Survivor, Allie. I spoke with her this morning, had a nice uh, exit interview. Uh, This just in, she hates Shamar. So uh, plenty of uh, Shamar bashing coming from Allie on the interview this morning. And so getting ready for a big show here today with you guys. We've got a great guest, Holly Hoffman from Survivor Nicaragua. She's got a lot to say. She played with Brenda. And plus, she uh, wrote the opening to uh, Philip Shepard's book, uh, The Specialist, uh, colon, The Costa Rica Job. So we're going to talk to her about uh, everything that she knows about this season and whether or not maybe uh, she uh, got bumped uh, off of this season by uh, Dawn Meehan. So we will talk about all that with Holly Hoffman. Then uh, later on, we're going to be joined by Nicole Sesternino. We're going to talk with her about her thoughts on the episode. And then we're going to uh, listen to your voicemails. We're going to talk about the upcoming uh, Rob Has a Podcast original web series, Reality Game Masters. And we're going to dive into some controversial comments that Jeff Probst made this week doing uh, in an interview uh, talking about uh, who may be the, uh, in his opinion, the dumbest Survivor contestants. So uh, we will try to uh, decipher what Jeff is talking about there. So last week's episode of Survivor was mostly about the favorites and what was going on there, and then uh, obviously voting out Francesca. This week's episode was mostly dealing with the fans and what was going on there at their crazy camp with everything with going on with Shamar, and then you had the two couples. Uh, But in the end, it was this alliance of six which uh, ruled the day this week. So uh, let's get into everything that happened last night. So let's bring in our guest here. This is somebody that we've had a lot of requests for over the years and uh, somebody who we uh, never managed to get on. And I wanted to correct that. And I thought this would be a perfect time. She played in Survivor Nicaragua with Brenda. And uh, she also wrote the foreword to uh, the new hit book, uh, The Specialist, colon, The Costa Rica Job, written by the one and, o- the one and only CEO of Survivor. Uh, <laughs> here she is. It's Holly Hoffman. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very glad to be here. Holly, uh, yes, and thank you very much for uh, coming on with us. I appreciate it. Yes, um, I did write the foreword to Philip's book. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, we'll get into uh, asking you exactly uh, how that uh, came about. But first off, uh, how are you doing? That I know it's been uh, it's been a little while since we heard from you, uh, at least here on the podcast. Uh, what have you been up to, Holly? You know, I've actually been doing a lot of public speaking. I did not expect this after the show was over. 
af- about two weeks after our season, I started, people started asking me to speak at their events. And I, I predicted it would probably last for, you know, six or seven months. And it's been two years. I've done 256 speeches. So I've been doing a lot of presentations, a lot of traveling, and I'm absolutely loving it. And you wrote a book too, right? I did. It's called Your Winner Within. Wow. Yeah. And um, Jimmy Johnson did my foreword. Look at you. So what I, what I did with my book is the six things that I speak about in my speech. I speak about attitude, confidence, determination, desire, faith, and perseverance. I put those into chapters in my book. And basically what I did is I brought in some of my life stories and I, I, I broadened them about how I feel you can better yourself in life. Is there a lot of talk about Survivor in your book or is it some stuff that you learned along the way before Survivor? Actually, it's stuff that I learned before Survivor. Um, one thing that's it's kind of I've never really publicly talked about something that I, I put in the book. I actually come from an abusive alcoholic family. My dad was an abusive alcoholic. So I, I put that into my book and I, I tried to um, take that experience, what I learned from that experience and how it made me a better person. So that's really what my book is about. It's a lot of personal experiences. Well, that, that is great. That is very good stuff. And I'm glad that you are getting some positive use uh, for yourself and others out of uh, something bad that happened to you. Yeah. So that's kind of what I did. Kind yeah. of the whole never giving up and the whole, you know, I, that's basically what I speak about. Okay. Well, I'm glad that you are a, a motivational speaker. I uh, mostly speak about nonsense and uh, <laughs> I, and make people unmotivated to uh, they do less work. So I'm glad we are balancing things out, Holly. You know, I actually wouldn't say that because I would like to congratulate you on your award. That is great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. yeah. The podcast award. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so that's congratulations. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into some of this uh, survivor here, what we're here to talk about. So uh, let's start off with Brenda, your old buddy or uh, rival. What, what's your relationship <laughs> like, like with uh, Brenda? I know that you were uh, had a hand in her undoing there in Survivor Nicaragua for uh, if we go back and remember what went down. Yes, basically it was um, Jane and I that put it together. And we felt at that point in the game when we got rid of Brenda that she was in total control of the game. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't, you couldn't really see a lot of it, um, but you could tell everybody was constantly running to Brenda, telling her everything. In fact, when when we came up with voting her off, Chase actually went and told her we were going to vote her off. So we just felt like she was in too, too much controlling of the game. So it was Jane and I that basically decided that we were going to vote her off. How many people were left in the game when you guys voted out Brenda in Nicaragua? Um, there were, she was the second one on the jury. No, actually third, because it was Alina and then Marty and then Brenda. Okay. So, yes. who, so, so she who was voted the third, her out? On, third person on the jury. It was you, Jane, Chase, and Nayanka. Is that right? Yes. So there had to be yes. what, seven people left, and then Sash seven. and Purple Kelly and Brenda were all didn't vote for Brenda. Correct. Okay. Yes. So you know there were, we had to do some convincing because Chase was always so torn. He he never knew which side to go. Oh wait, hold and, on. Where's yeah? Where's oh, where's where's Fabio? Crazy. Where's Fabio and Benry and Dan Lembo? Well, actually, they voted for that that night. I believe, if I remember correctly. 
I think that night Fabio voted for me because he didn't know who they were voting for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually can't remember what the votes were, but I know everybody pretty much agreed it was going to be Brenda that night. Okay, so there was like 10 people left. Yes, 10. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right. Well, now Actually, I'm, there were nine. Yeah, now I'm rethinking oh. that I picked Brenda to be my winner, and, I, and she came in ninth place. Yeah, yeah she was. It, it was because Brenda and Marty were voted off, and right after that, was when Nayanka and Purple Kelly quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not a not a good situation. All right. So what what's your relationship like? Are you friends with Brenda or is uh, Brenda upset with you for voting her out? You know, I I had a really hard time when I got back to the Ponderosa. Um there were only two people that greeted me and it was Alina and Brenda. I have always felt like Brenda has never had any hard feelings towards me. Um, you know, I would, I sent her emails after the show and she would always return them. Um, when I found out that she was on this next season, I wished her luck. She returned my emails. Every time I posted on her Facebook, she's, she's always said, thank you. So I think Brenda's okay with everything. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. She's a very nice person. Why were people mean to you when you got back to Ponderosa? What were you doing to people out there? (laughs) Well, that's a long story. I when I got back when I got voted off and I showed up at the Ponderosa yeah Alina came out and she said to me you have a lot of enemies in there and I looked at her and I said I know and basically it was because I voted all these people off yeah and what a lot of people don't realize is you go to the Ponderosa and they're still playing the game and so when Brenda came over she was like just come on in you'll be okay and I, I went in and nobody talked to me until the next day well, I found out from someone later that there were two people that were at the Ponderosa that were still scheming and playing the game and were telling people things about me that were not true because they were so worried I was going to make the final three and had the possibility of winning. Okay. That Ponderosa. Yeah. Things get crazy at Ponderosa. Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's. <laughs> yeah. I was actually shocked when I showed up, I, I couldn't believe it. You know, so, but the next day it was a lot better. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> good. All right, so the big question that I'm getting from a lot of people is, uh-oh, Brenda, it's really, uh, you know, people like uh, Brenda, Corinne, too, I hear that, you know, we're not seeing a lot about them. Uh, are they in trouble? And especially for Brenda, you know, she voted against a- uh, Andrea last week, and she was in that alliance with Eric and with Brandon. Is there any coming back now for Brenda? You know, the second episode, we, we didn't see Brenda. She didn't say a one word. We saw all her facial expressions, but we just didn't see her. Um, Brenda, Brenda's a good player. I personally, I think Brenda will recover. In her own way, Brenda will recover. I think, you know, of course, she's not with the numbers, and she realizes that now. But I, I think she'll come back. You know, being down in the numbers early is not a death sentence. Isn't that right, Holly Hoffman? Absolutely not. Yeah. (laughs) It's not. I mean, you have to take this game every second of the day. Things change all the time. I thought I was going to be off right right away. What saved me was the Blue Rock, picking the Blue Rock, getting in with those young kids. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot of gameplay left. And you were, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, re-energized by the swap on your season. And maybe for Brenda, that's, you know, she's got to take a page out of the young Holly Hoffman playbook. Yeah. Wait around for a swap. You have to do that. (laughs) 
<laughs> because yeah. you know, she's not in a good spot right now. But I don't think it's the end of the world for her either. Because you know, if you got this Brandon Hance going loco uh, down at the camp, maybe you know, yes, Brenda is a threat, but maybe she's not necessarily the next target. And you got to think they're going to mix it up at some point. They did on the original fans versus favorites. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that's my prediction that that's what's going to happen. And I, I think Brenda's going to be okay. I think she's just kind of laying low. Um, she's, she's one, I know when I played with her, what I would um, feel from Brenda is when we were sitting around camp, she would sit and she would evaluate everything. Mm-hmm. A lot of times she did not say a lot, but she was thinking all the time. And that's what's good about Brenda. Does she do a bad job of disguising that, though? Is It seems like in the preseason sort of thing, everybody's like, oh, we got to watch out for Brenda. we got to watch out for Brenda. Mm-hmm. And it's like nobody seems to be fooled that she's not thinking about the game all the time. Does she need to uh, lighten up a little bit and you know show off a little more personality and less thinking about the game 24-7? You know, I think I actually think she is showing her personality um, you see her smiling more. She's, you know, you, of course you see the facial expressions. She's, um, in the challenge, she looked like she was having fun and you're right because the first thing that someone said about her when she stepped off the helicopter was, oh, she's a good player. We have to watch out for her. But I don't know. I think that she seems a lot more laid back this time than the first time she played. And that's just my perception of the entire thing. But I think she's a lot more laid back. Mm-hmm. It just seems like nobody wants to work with her on this Heroes Tribe. You know, she was the one person Philip didn't go up to and say, hey, let me make an alliance with you. You don't see too many of the other girls hanging around her. You don't even see, you know, Malcolm or even Cochran talking to her. And Cochran's talking to everybody. And so, Do you think that has something to do with she's the only one from Nicaragua? Hmm, it's possible. I mean, it's yeah. weird the way that this tribe is broken down. You have basically six people who were from two seasons, and then everybody yeah. else is from their own season. But it might have been, you know, maybe it would have been more fair to have another buddy from uh, Nicaragua. Maybe if Holly Hoffman was out there, maybe <laughs> it could have been a different story for Brenda right now. I would have loved to have been out there. Holly, so here's what I want to know. Now, you know... I don't know who's on these shows and uh, and God knows they don't ever call me to come back on these shows. But I, you know, I hear stuff through the grapevine and I have to say, I felt like I was hearing your name thrown around a lot in the rumor mill in the, uh, you know, weeks and months leading up to coming back on this season. Were you in the mix here for Survivor 26? You know, this is what I'll tell you. If I'm asked to come back, it's a definite yes, mm-hmm. but you have to be cast. Yes. Okay. So that's, you know, I, I, I would play again. Yes. Did, did Dawn steal your spot, Holly? Is that what, is that what happened? Were you, were you going to be a cast on the show and then, and then Dawn came around and then they, and they put Dawn on the show instead of you. That darn Dawn. <laughs> darn Dawn. <laughs> what happened? Were you, cur- were you cursing during Survivor South Pacific? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> would you th- would you throw any of Dawn's shoes into the river? Um, maybe her striped socks. <laughs> what do you think of those striped socks? <laughs> <laughs> but w- no, but why do you think that they would they would go? What is you know uh you know for the tail of the tape looks pretty even. Why are they <laughs> why are they going after Dawn instead of you, Holly? I I have no idea. Let's just keep our fingers crossed. Maybe in the future. <laughs> okay. <laughs> did Did you actually know that Dawn was cast for my season? 
No, and, and then, then they gave yes. your they gave her spot to you. Um, she was cast for season for season twenty one. Okay, and then after I went to the casting call, they took her off and they put me on. Oh, so now it's now so it's karma. Maybe, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it's the circle of life now. I know, but I, you know, I haven't met Dawn. I've just I've met her on Twitter. So, um, you know, I felt bad for her last night because she was crying and all that, you know, but it happens. And, you know, as I was watching last night's episode, it was when you're out there and I just feel for these people. And I was watching Twitter and some of the comments that were being made about Dawn. And I just tweeted her and I'm like, Dawn, it's okay to cry. And the best thing that Dawn did was she went off by herself Mm -hmm. to cry. So, yeah. Okay. Well, good. Let's break down Dawn a little bit. And now you famously on the second episode of the season had probably mm-hmm. your lowest moment back in Nicaragua. Is that a fair statement? Oh, total meltdown. <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people were like, Holly, did they edit that? And I'm like, no, when I took the whole shoes, I, when I took Dan's shoes, I did it. Yeah. Um, I had people emailing me and texting me and saying, you know, did they make you do that? I did not. I just, I just did not fit in right away. I just felt like I should not be there. Yeah. And that's, that's a bad feeling. Yeah. Well, you were really great that you, and you owned up to everything that you did. And then you didn't try to, after the fact, no, actually that was my strategy. I said all along on day four, I'm going to take somebody's shoes and put them in the (laughs) river and then uh, I'm not going to tell anybody. (laughs) But you know, you, I think you totally owned that moment. You said, look, I don't know what I was doing. Something came over me and I'm sorry, (laughs) but I I did it. I have to be honest with you. I just didn't like Dan at the beginning of the game. And I, I, I like him now. He and I are great friends, but he just really got under my skin mm-hmm. and he just, you know, he was, he was always laying around and he just wasn't working. He wasn't doing anything. And don't get me wrong. If you can afford these types of things, that's great. But you know, his, he was telling us how much all everything cost. And he just, I don't know, it just got under my skin and I should have never done it strategically. It was a bad move, but you know what? Um, would I ever do it again if it was the same thing? Probably because he just, he, I don't know. I just didn't like him at the beginning of the game. Yeah. So was Dan your Shamar? <laughs> yeah. Yes, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that got, I got a nickname for Shamar. Oh, yeah. What is it? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he. That's his favorite word. Shut up. That, uh, oh. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, what was it? Ten minutes into the to, to the first day, he's yeah. like, "Let's just sit around here and talk." I'm like, "What?" You know. And there's Matt. He's working his butt off to get the shelter built and everything. So, wow, that's that's been there's been some tense moments. You don't get a lot of day one shut ups on Survivor. That's Not very a rare. Lot. <laughs> No, and there's been a lot of shut ups. <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah. Sh- a lot of shut ups, especially uh, especially with new players. You think everybody is normally on their best behavior on, especially on yeah. a day one. But uh, for a guy like Shamar, I guess we over 300 pounds. I must it, it must take so much fuel and energy to you know get this huge body to move at all. <laughs> you know, I have no idea what that's like to be over 300 pounds and on Survivor and have you know here's you know 250 calories to i mean god knows that uh whatever i weigh 
you know, one <laughs> to, to move. That to, had to be a complete shock. Yeah. You know, for, and for let's admit it, you know, the fans, of course, have the disadvantage of not knowing each other. And that, of course, hurts them when they start the game. But to go in and act like that right away, wow. Uh, that was that was a shock. Yeah. So I just think that for Shamar, like this game, what it's doing to him could be, you know, drastically different what it's doing to these people that are, you know, 160, 170 pounds. I mean, is that does that make sense that the game could be twice as hard for Shamar? Completely, you know, because the the sleep deprivation and the starvation, you know, he is like you said, he is a big guy, 300 pounds. And then all of a sudden you're living off. What did he say? Two cups of rice. I think uh, two spoonfuls, yeah, yeah. Two scoops. That's 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 a big shock. Yeah, that is a big shock for Shamar. Yeah. Um so let me stick with these favorites for, uh, for a little bit here and let me let me go back to Dawn. And so Dawn after the challenge or after the tribal council, she came back and basically told Brandon uh you know how how it was and Brandon was sort of yelling at her and then she uh got very upset. Did you think that Brandon Hans was too hard on Dawn or do you think that Dawn was overly sensitive? Personally, I think Dawn is is very sensitive. She is a very sensitive person. Um but this is this is the way I look at it. You come back from tribal council. Okay, there's going to be some hurt feelings. Um I think the way Dawn approached Brandon was wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe pull him aside. I remember doing that one time with Nayanka. I just pulled her aside and I didn't do it in front of everybody. Maybe if she would have just pulled him aside and said, okay, Brandon, this is what I, what you need to do. But you have to remember that you're not out there to make friends. And Dawn is, is a mother. She, I think she was trying to look at Brandon and say, you know, Brandon, you can't act like this. You're being mean to people. You're being mean to me. But I wouldn't have said anything. I would have just let him say what he wanted to say, get it out of his system. And I'd have walked away because, um, what happens at tribal council, it's over. You get back to camp and you think about the evening, you think about the next day. So personally, I don't think Dawn is very sensitive, but she should have never said anything to him. Just to set the stage for the people who are listening to the podcast of what this moment is sort of like. So, you know, you sit there, you're at tribal council, you cast your votes, Jeff comes back, he counts the votes. Now somebody gets voted out and then you grab, grab your, Jeff says your little thing like, hey, uh, just so you guys know, just uh, just because you voted somebody out doesn't mean you know what's going on. I'll see you next week. So, and then you walk out, you take your torch, and now, okay, and now we're stopped because, uh, and rightfully so, as f- for our viewers, they don't want anything to happen on the way back from tribal council. So now, once you leave the tribal council, okay, everybody's you know everybody's quiet. You're not allowed, you're not allowed to talk. Then you get back to camp. Now you're finally allowed to talk. And so now I'm sure now maybe Brandon Hans is giving Dawn the death stare for the whatever it is, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it takes for them to be back at the camp now. And so maybe Dawn feels compelled here to say, all right, all right, I know you're mad. Let me just tell you what's going on. But um, this never really goes well, this uh, moment oh. here to talk to the people who were part of the blind side but didn't get voted out. Exactly. Yeah. He he knows that he's not with the numbers, mm-hmm. so he's very upset. You know, makes the comments about um, you know how he's going to go out, uh, or he feels like Rambo. He said that, and I just, you know, knowing Brandon's personality, um, 
you don't know exactly how he's going to react. You don't know, okay, is he going to be nice to you this time or mean to you this time? That's why I think Don should have just avoided it and just said, let him just say what he wanted to say and, and move on. That's that's probably what I would have done. Now, Holly, you played with somebody like this. Is, is this a fair comparison to call Brandon's behavior similar to what you guys experienced with Nayanka? You know, yes, Nayanka was, there was a lot of stuff that they didn't show. And, you know, Nayanka, of course, got caught stealing and she was very upset. And I, I just remember just thinking, sometimes the more you say to someone like that, the worse it's going to get. So by saying nothing, just let her get it out of her system and move on. Um, but I, I guess with Brandon, what bothers me is, you know, how he's confessing how he's going to go out with a bang. And, and then the next, in the next sentence, he's like, you know, I'm not going to quit. I, I have to do this for my children. So he's at one level and then he's at the, at the next level. So you just, you never know what to expect with him. Was Nayanka like that too? Because it seems like there were times where she was kind of, kind of low key. And then other times it seemed like there was times where she was just totally set off. I mean, what, how do you deal with yeah. somebody like that? Well, I, I, I always looked at, actually, Nayanka looked at me like a, a mom. So I wasn't afraid to, to, you know, just say something nicely to her. And then if she didn't accept it, move on. Um, I remember when she stole the food, I, I went over and I, I said, you know, you need to confess to doing this. And she didn't want to. But, you know, I guess I could see myself. I guess you can see what Dawn did. It was okay. But at the same time, learning from what I played before, I probably wouldn't say anything. Because when I would say something to Nayanka, some, most of the time, you know, she'd listen. But sometimes it just added fuel to the fire. Yeah. It seems like Brandon needs somebody here to uh, pull him in. And we saw the approach that Philip tried to take with him. And so mm-hmm. let's, I want to know your take on the conversation that Philip had with Brandon, where basically Philip took uh, Brandon aside and Brandon's asking, well, do you trust, do you trust me? Philip said, uh, I got to say right now, I got to get back to you because right now, you know, I'm the, I'm the CEO, you're middle management <laughs> And uh, you got to work your way, work your way up to being the CEO. Now, I don't know if Philip ever said he was the CEO, but I think he it was sort of implied that he sort of said, "Hey, look, people want to start at a company; they want to be the CEO, but you got to start at middle management before you get the CEO." So, so well, and then you know, I I also got when when he told him everything, and then he's telling him, you know, minimize the flow of of information, and Philip's telling him all this stuff. He's listening. But then as he leaves, he goes and tells everybody back at camp that Philip is a bully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there again, you see the two-sided um, levels that Brandon's at. It's it's kind of scary sometimes. Yeah. I mean, basically, this seems like he's just trying to stir the pot here, try to get everybody to turn on Philip. And it's basically, I think Survivor is a game that is, you're much better off with subtle moves. If this is what Brandon wants to do, you know, if he could go individually, you know, you spend some time with Malcolm and say, you know, Malcolm, I got to tell you, uh, Philip really rubbed me the wrong way when he, you know, he said to me, he told me he's the CEO. But when you come back and now it's like, hey, everybody, guess what Philip just did? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, now, you know, everybody is like, oh, boy, what's up with Brandon? What's he what's he doing? I mean, isn't isn't this obvious that? He's trying to turn everybody against Philip. So 
I mean, I know it's not, I'm not going out on a limb by saying Brandon Hance, I'm not happy with his gameplay here, but I think there's a smarter way to do what he was trying to do. Right. I think what he does is he wants to get, he wants to get everybody involved instead of just pulling one or two people aside. He says it, he just blurts it out in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and, and, and saying how he wants to go out with a bang. I thought that was an interesting comment because to me, that just tells me that, you know, you don't, nobody wants to go out of the game. Everybody wants to get to the end. So making that comment is like, okay, what, what are you trying to say? Yeah. I thought that was a, a very unusual comment. It is an unusual comment. I mean, can you think of any survivors that have gone out with a bang? I mean, what does that even mean? <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's just a weird comment. You know, <laughs> what is your goal? Everybody's there for one thing, and that's to get to the end. Yeah. And he's already saying he wants to go out. So I just thought that was strange. That is strange. He's, yeah. <laughs> uh, who knows what, what he's thinking. Now, uh, talking about Philip, and I, I got to know this. Now, how are you and Philip so close that you wrote the foreword to uh, the specialist Colin, the Costa Rica job? Well, I met Philip at a charity event. Well, I'm going to back up a little bit. Um, you know, when I watched Philip on his first season, my, I have to admit, my first impression was this guy is crazy. What is wrong with this guy? I couldn't wait to watch the next episode just to see what Philip was going to do. And then as I'm sitting at home and I'm watching the finale, I start, as I'm watching Philip, I think to myself, that is not the same guy. Mm -hmm. He was completely different at the finale. Um, I met him at a charity event and he is a great person to be around. He's got a great personality. Um, he's funny. He's energetic. He's a very social person. And you have to remember that there are some people that are perceived one way on, on a, on a reality show, but in real life, they may not be like that because they're playing that game. And so Philip asked me to read his book. I was one of four people that he let read it. And he, he kept asking me to read it. And I have to be honest with you. I just didn't read it. So he kept asking me and asking me, you know, aren't you going to read my book? And finally I was like, okay, I'll read it. I started reading it and I couldn't believe what I was reading. I couldn't put the book down. I think a lot of people don't expect what you're going to get out of this book. And so um, he started calling me and we started talking and he asked me if I would be willing to write the forward in his book. And I said, absolutely, I'd be honored. Yeah. So that's basically how it, how it all started. And I really think that if you read the book, have you read the book? I haven't yet. Okay. It's, it's a lot. It's good. It's a very good book. Okay. And now, and did Philip offer you a position anywhere in Stealth R-Us Inc.? Did you get any <laughs> stock options? I didn't. I need to talk to him about that. <laughs> Not even a middle management position? No. Yeah, because I, I I would be I don't do you I don't know but for writing a forward I would be way above middle management. Okay, <laughs> don't you think? I would think so. I mean, if that's where Brandon Hance is starting, yeah, I yeah, think so. no, no, there's no comparison. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, 
let's switch over back to the fans because uh, they were the ones that went to uh, tribal council last night. And so uh, we saw some more detail into uh, their lives and what's going on over there at Fans Beach. We saw in the first episode that mostly about this, uh, the cool kids group, uh, which thought they had the numbers and it turned out that they did not. Uh, I want to get your take on somebody who I thought was uh, doing a pretty good job over there. How about this Sherry uh, who is the woman who said she took Shamar aside and said, I want him, I want Shamar to be my Philip. So you have Philip playing the BR rules over there, and he's a Philip is going to play Boston Rob. And now you have uh, somebody on the other side that said, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be Boston Rob, and I'm going to even get my own Philip. Yeah, nice move. Um, Sherry, I call the strategist. Um, she observes everything, she knows. At this point of the game, she knows exactly who she needs to talk to. And she also uses, I think, a little bit of her charm. You know, she looked at Shamar and she's like, you know, we, we need you. You need to be with us. Mm-hmm. And she knew what she was doing and she made the right move. I thought that was an excellent move. Yeah. No, that was good. I, I think you can contrast that to what Philip did with Brandon and instead of, you know, if Philip would have said to Brandon, hey, you know, Brandon, uh, you know, look, you're not our top guy, but we need you right now. And uh, yeah. you're a you're a big part of this organization. Uh, and that's I think, you know, that's kind of more along the lines of, I think, what Boston Rob did with Philip of, hey, you got to earn you got to earn your way into this. But we need you. You know, this is I got big plans for you. As opposed to saying, "Hey, look, I'm the CEO, and I'll, I'll don't schedule a meeting with. Don't call me. I'll call you when we need, when we need something from you, and you got to earn your way in." But I felt like that was more what uh, that Sherry did with Shamar. Of, "Hey, you're a big part of this." Yeah, I thought it was an excellent move. Um, when when she made that move, I was like, "Sherry, that's perfect." She was um, great, yeah. great, great move. I thought so too. And she mm-hmm. said later on in the episode, she said, I want Shamar sleeping in this shelter uh, yeah. w- with us tonight and he's not going anywhere. Yeah. So I, yeah, I have to, um, I think right up to this point, Sherry's playing a great game. No, she is playing a very good game. Yeah, and, and she really is. No sign of a breakdown either. I know. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> and she's not stealing anything. She's not st- so she's, she's doing well. Yeah, she's not stealing anything. And nobody is talking about, hey, we got to get rid of her. Whereas we had somebody a couple seasons ago in Christina Kell, who I thought uh, was, you know, somebody who also was a take charge kind of woman in the game. But she had the misfortune of being on a tribe with Boston Robin saying, hey, we can't can't have this around. We got to get rid of her. (laughs) So this is a good spot for Sherry because nobody is saying we got to get rid of Sherry. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Now, that being said, she seems definitely like the kind of person that you get a few favorites now in the mix here. And it feels like almost like going back to getting rid of Gretchen on the first survivor of, hey, this is this is a, the woman here who's calling all the shots. We need to get rid of her so that we can have our way. Yeah, exactly. And I think what I like to see about Sherry is she doesn't come across as being someone who's real bossy. Because what I liked with her is when Laura came up to the conversation, remember, just before they went to tribal council, she asked Laura, what, what, is your, what do you think? Instead of telling Laura what they were going to do, she asked her, who do you think we should vote off? 
So I thought that was a great move. Yeah, no, that you're that right. Was another good move. All, always better to ask other people, what do you want to do rather than, all right, here's what we're doing. Yes, absolutely. All right, let's go to this immunity idol and the way that this happened uh, last night. So you had Reynolds and, okay, you had Laura who spotted the bulge in his shorts <laughs> or in his pants. Uh, and, and luckily she was right. It was the hidden immunity idol. And so, uh, you know, Jeff says, uh, hey, Laura, what's going on? She looks, she says, oh, I don't know. So I think somebody's, you know, somebody might have the idol. And, and ultimately we get established that it's Reynolds. And so now in your season, we also had a, a very public airing of the hidden immunity idol when marty came back to you guys right and said hey everybody just want to let you know i have i have the idol now held it up in front of all of us yep yeah so how does this change things knowing somebody has the uh hidden immunity idol in the tribe it's it's a huge change because you know you either have to flush the idol out or you know you know they have the idol but i think with, with this season what was hard is marty just handed held it up and we were all at camp but here the decision was apparently made who they were going to vote for and then laura brings it up at tribal council so that puts a completely different twist into the game however they still would have had the numbers if shamar would have gone home they still would have been four or five so i think it would have been okay luckily that's not how it ended up but um yeah that's that's a huge twist in the game so now, okay, put yourself in the position of the favorites going into, I'm sorry, the fans uh, next week. Let's say hypothetically the favorites win immunity again. And now let's say we're, you know, let's, you're, you'll be Sherry, okay? So, all right, it's next week. You're going to tribal council. You know Reynolds has the hidden immunity idol, okay? Oh. Now I'm, I'll be Reynolds. I know I have the hidden immunity idol, okay? What are you doing? How are you going to play this? You have... You have, uh, you know, five people in your, in your, or six people in your alliance at this point. I have three in mine, but I have the idol. Well, this is what I would do. And this, if I was in that situation, the first thing I would do is I got back to camp. I would pull him aside. And I know you're probably thinking this is crazy, but this is, this is because you've got a lot of gameplay left. I would, I would actually use Reynolds with the with the idol and i would either try to switch things up um as far as who i'm going to take with me and try to get rid of some of those other people mm-hmm. or of course you would have to go in and 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 try to blind sign them but you can't do that because that's i, I would actually go and talk to reynold and say okay i know you have the idol do you want to be in with us or don't you but then he's going to have to turn on the other people that he's been with mm-hmm yeah, it's a very tricky spot because this is the always tricky nine person, <laughs> six is. people it's on one side, tricky. three people on the other side, but the three side has the hidden immunity idol. So the six person side says, okay, <laughs> this is simple. Now, all we have to do is split the vote three, three. So whoever plays the idol will vote out the other person. But as we saw uh, most famously on Heroes versus Villains uh, with Tyson, all the three-person side, now they've got six shots here, and all they have to do is flip one person in that group of six, and now they've got the upper hand. Yeah, but I, I still think that that's what I would do. I would talk to Reynolds and say, okay, here's the situation. And I think if anyone can do it, it, can, it would be Sherry. Sherry could do it. Yeah. I, I just, for some reason, I think she could pull that off. Yeah. 
It's interesting. Or, you know, Reynolds is not completely dead in the water here either because uh, there was the Matt and Mike. uh, Those were the two swing votes that they thought they were going to have. Now, all of a sudden, you know, there's four uh, there's four other people with uh, Sherry, Shamar, Laura and the uh, the other girl (laughs) who's the other Um. girl who's there. (laughs) <laughs> is it Julie? Well, there's, Julie? There's Julie? Julia. Julie? Julia? Uh, yeah, Julia. Yeah. So she's so she's with them, and then uh, if Matt and Mike, they're in a position where they could go over with Eddie and Hope and yeah. Reynolds, and then they have five to four. So I think this this fans tribe is going to be pretty interesting to follow here if they have to go to another tribal council. Just from watching Sherry this episode. I think that she's gonna she's gonna try to get Reynolds on her side. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I think she's gonna do. I think there's gonna be some twist in there that she's gonna say, "Okay, I need this guy. He's 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 got something here." So that's that's what I think is gonna happen. She is the nucleus over there from what we're <laughs> from what we're following because if she, you know she needs to keep Matt and Mike in the fold, and she needs to keep Shamar in the fold, and she needs to also keep those uh, two younger girls in the fold. Yeah, and she's playing with a lot. I mean, these girls are young, mm-hmm. so I think whatever she does with these young girls is it's going to be very interesting. You know, are they going to listen to her or aren't they? That that's going to be interesting to watch. But, you know, she's really set herself up in sort of the, the Boston Rob spot of the person at the center of a number of different alliances over there. Absolutely. One hundred percent. So we'll see. Well, hopefully she's not too much of a target. Well, and did you notice what she said? We all know who she voted for. But when she said it was it was a great um, also at tribal council where she said, well, I'm still voting for who I, I said I was voting for. And then she paused and she said, maybe. So I thought that was perfect. I was like, yes, Sherry. Yeah. So, you know, it was almost like she was saying, what are you guys going to do? So that was, that was a good move also. Yeah. So we'll see that this fans uh, tribe could be very interesting. Uh, You know, a lot of stuff going on here with the favorites. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun season. Yeah, I do too. And you know, the favorites, of course, they didn't get a lot of airtime, but it was, it was okay because I, I felt like I got to know the fans a lot more the second episode. Um, It'll be a it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. All right. So you want to take apart some of these questions uh, that we get here from our listeners? Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Here we go. These come to us every week from our uh, the listeners who go to our Facebook fan page. Uh, go to uh, facebook.com slash Rob as a podcast. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Where do we want to start here? Uh, let me uh, start with an easy one. This comes to us from a listener named uh, Marty Piombo. Uh, he wants to know, who was your favorite older player that had spiky hair? And would she have violated her South Dakota code of honor to work with him to get to the final three? <laughs> My favorite player was spiky hair. Yes. No, this person would have not um, violated my my South Dakota code of honor. Do you remember Marty saying that to me? <laughs> I, I, I don't remember it uh, <laughs> exactly, well, but I believe the, you that he said it. I have to go back a little bit because bringing up the South Dakota code of honor, a lot of people when I started playing the game, they thought I was from Minnesota because I have this accent, which truthfully, Rob, can you hear this accent that I have? A little bit, yeah. You can? Yeah, I do. See, and, and I can't. 
But when I told them I was from South Dakota, the, the whole accent and the whole South Dakota thing was not aired. It was, you know, they were, um, they would get up in the morning and they would, I don't want to say make fun of my accent, but they would all talk like I do. So of course, when, when Marty thought he was going home, he of course thought that I was going to break my South Dakota code of honor. So he made me promise him that, uh, I have to keep my South Dakota code of honor. So that, that's where it all comes into play with the South Dakota code of honor. Okay. I'll take, I'll take your word for it. And Marty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's a question uh, that comes to us from Ron Chan, and he wants to know, okay. at, at this point in the game, what kind of motivational speech would you give to Reynolds, Eddie, and Hope? Okay, they're down in the numbers. <laughs> they need a Holly Hoffman speech pronto. What do you got for them? Well, the first word I was, would use for, for Reynolds is, you know, I gave each of, each of these people a, a nickname as well as I'm watching the show, but... Um, they they need to use some teamwork here. You know, the the first mistake hold that on, they made we, is they we were get, having their own little party. Holly, we got to get the nicknames and, here before oh, you go any oh, further. Reynolds, well, I actually couldn't, um, I couldn't really decide between Reynolds, um, rap. You know, he was oh, cuddling <laughs> with Allie at the beginning. Like, Reynolds, a, like rap. a Reynolds rap? Okay, we'll take that. Yeah, okay. Um, and then I couldn't decide between that and cry boy <laughs> wait, wait why is he cry boy well he almost started crying at tribal council didn't you see it <laughs> okay and then who was the next one hope yeah hope okay no her nickname is no get it no hope no hope okay <laughs> all right all right, okay, keep going. All right. All right. I, I, I'm getting that you have to think outside the box a little bit for yeah. these. All right. Give me Eddie. You know, I actually didn't give Eddie a nickname. So maybe somebody can help me with Eddie. I did not give Eddie a nickname. <laughs> All um, right. You're, sorry. And you already told us your nickname for Shamar is Shut Up. Yep. And, and I gave Brandon a nickname. His okay. nickname is Boomerang. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> you never know where he's at. Yeah. Or he's going to come back. Come back at you. And. Julia's is, is, of course, the invisible racer. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, do you see her? She's in your blind spot. That's, that's where she is. And Laura is Snoopy. <laughs> because she's snooping to see uh, who has the idol? The bulge. I yeah. mean, she was snooping for the bulge. Okay. That's the way I look at it. Um, who else did I have? Allie. I had Goodbye Girl. <laughs> that's sad it's but that's sad. all i came up with but i need to get back to this question what was the question, the question oh, the motivational, motivational speech. speech for these three yeah it would definitely have to be um something in the lines of teamwork <laughs> teamwork and maybe coming together and having a little bit more determination yeah. i think these four got together and they just thought here we go and that's just not the way it works in survivor <laughs> things don't just fall into your lap no so they- definitely something with teamwork They do not. Uh, Joel Hooper wants to know, were you aware that when women of a certain age have a crying jag during the first weeks of Survivor, it's called (laughs) crawling into a holly hole? Uh, And do you take that as a compliment as it was intended? The way you overcame your emotions was admirable. Now, did you know that that's what this is called now? I didn't, but I... I don't know how I should take that. I'm going to take that as a nice compliment because yeah. I I did crawl into that holly hole. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. But you know, the good thing about it was I got out. 
Yeah. I, I didn't get buried. So that's what was the important thing. But I, I didn't realize that that's what it's called now. Yeah. Holly, yeah. I crawl into one at least twice a month and I'm not even playing Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Have a breakdown. <laughs> yeah. What do you do? Yeah. I just take uh, Nicole's shoes and I throw out, I throw out a bunch of them. And I say, I say uh, do you know how much money we've spent on shoes in the last six months? <laughs> okay, Rob, I have to tell you this though. Like three days after I took Dan's shoes, he told me that it was okay. He has 20 more pairs at home. <laughs> Add it up. Holly, give, uh, us, give uh, us a good Dan Lembo story. I feel like uh, uh, I, I was going through, getting ready for this podcast. I, I was pulled a picture of you, and I saw a picture of, uh, of Dan Lembo from, from your finale, and he's wearing a tuxedo, yeah. uh, and he's basically more tan than any other human being I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, give me a good Dan Lembo story. May, uh, okay. Make me so, laugh. This is at the finale. <laughs> And we're, we're sitting there and I gave Dan those ostrich cowboy boots. And I, I basically did it because, you know, I felt really bad about taking his shoes. Not. So anyway, <laughs> I hand him his shoes, his boots, and he leans over and he kisses me on the cheek. So we go into the next commercial and I look over at him and I said, Dan, do you just realize what you did on national television? And he looks over at me and he goes, no. And I said, you just kissed me on the cheek. And he goes, I know, wasn't it great? And I looked back at him and I said, "No, not really." <laughs> yeah, Dan is Dan is Dan. He's a, he's a trip, Dan Limbo. He is. When when do you remember when we did your? I think uh, you and Dan were on the phone. We were doing yes. the exit interviews, and we're like we're like halfway through the interview, and he's like, uh, uh, "Let me ask you guys: uh, Is this mandatory? Do I have to do this?" <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess you don't have to. Nobody's holding <laughs> a gun to your head. Wasn't it like six in the morning? Yeah, I, I don't know what time it was. I mean, and then remember, he kept saying, "I gotta catch my flight. How yeah, long is this flight. gonna take?" <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dan. I know people are waiting for Dan Lembo. I know. <laughs> oh, Dan. Okay, he's a grandpa now. Did you know that? I had no idea. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, so, good, good for Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Get some uh, some uh, leather uh, alligator skin baby shoes. Yeah. I got to go buy a baby gift tomorrow. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Steven Fishpack has a question for you. Okay, Steven. He wants to know, actually, I really want to hear what Holly thought of the Sash-Brenda dynamic. How much was it a partnership? All right. So this is, I think, a a good question. Uh, Who was was calling the shots there with uh, Sash and Brenda? Who Who was the CEO and who was middle management? Sash. Sash was the CEO. Yes. Sash was calling the shots. And when we merged and I got in with Sash and it was basically Sash and, and, um, Chase, Nayanka and Jane, Jane was the one that said, we need to get rid of Brenda and Sash agreed. So Sash stayed with us and he helped us get rid of Brenda. The Sash EO. Sashio of Sash. <laughs> okay, but then if Sash was the CEO, where's uh, where's his uh, where, where's his butt on this season? I, I I don't know. Did you know he just got married? <laughs> I you know I I think I did see that on Facebook. Yeah, so I don't know where Sash is. Yeah, good for but, Sash. You know, Sash was I I um I was really close to voting for Sash. Uh, he, you know, he didn't get a one vote our season, but I almost voted for Sash. It was, we had a really bitter jury. So, you know, of course with Fabio winning the 
last three challenges and he didn't upset anyone. I kind of expected who was going to win. You thought who was going to win, but he only won by one point, but it's still, I Sash played the game hard. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He's a good player. He is very good player. Here's a, a very important question from Kevin Donnelly. He wants to know, does Brenda remind her of Purple Kelly due to her lack of airtime? Is that is is Brenda reminding you of Purple Kelly right now? No. <laughs> she's, she's not being Purple Brenda right now? No, not at all. Just because she has a purple bathing suit, there's no resemblance. Okay. None. Well, if she doesn't talk soon, we are going to call her Purple Brenda. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I I just think that I Brenda's a smart player. She is. And you know, sometimes don't you think Reynold is he's playing really hard right now? Very hard. And very hard. So that's either good or bad. But Brenda will I think she's gonna be okay. Okay. Uh Lori Ubelhor Martin wants to know, uh, if you had been cast on Caramoan instead of Dawn Holly, would you have voted Francesca off? Or at least, uh, or or would it have been too mean to have done so? And previously on Survivor, really is debating this move. Okay, so our friends at previously on Survivor are in a big debate. I'm not sure if it was whether you would have done it or whether it was too mean. But could you have voted Francesca off twice? First, uh, first person voted off twice. Well, what what you need to remember is this is a game. <laughs> And when you're playing the game of Survivor, sometimes you need to do what you need to do to survive. So was it mean? Well, I, I felt bad for Francesca, to be honest with you. I, who wants to be the first person voted off of Survivor every time? Both times. But to stay with the numbers and to go with who they were going to vote off, I, I will have to say yes, that I would have voted her off. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I, you got to do what's best for you. If it's your best strategic move to vote off Francesca first, yeah, I don't think you can be worried about. Boy, I bet this is this is going to be a bitter pill for Francesca to swallow. Yeah. But you got to. Everybody's out there to do what's best for them. Absolutely. And you know, I felt bad for. Her. I'm. I'm not going to lie. I did. I mean, who wants to have that happen to them twice? But when it comes down to survivor, it's a game. And that's what you need to remember is, um, someone's got to go and someone's got to stay. And right. I felt bad for her. I, I really did. Um, but I, I would have, I, yes, I would have. Yeah. Cause you know what, if you, you could go ahead and you could stick your neck out to say, Oh, you know, Hey guys, I think this is pretty mean. Let's not vote to Francesca out next thing. You know, your name's on the chopping block. Yeah. And you have to remember Dawn and Cochran are in a situation where who are they going to go with and look who they went with. So they both went into that position. So uh, yeah, I, I would have done what Dawn did. Okay. All right. Speaking of Dawn, I got another Dawn question. Okay. Hakan, uh, Hack Tanier wants to know, Holly, what are your thoughts on the rumors that Dawn sent bread to production as a bribe to get her back on the show? What do you think of these rumors? Dawn sent bread to everybody at CBS, and that's why they put her on the show instead of you. Um, and will you be baking bread now? It's very delicious. Have you had some? I have. I have had Dawn's bread. Okay. Well, first of all, um, I did not hear that rumor. Yes. If I'd have known that, I probably would have sent them 
homemade apple pie or peach pie. So, you know, to throw a little bit of a competition in there. So I didn't know that she was sending them bread. I don't know if she was sending them bread. Okay. Um, So as it's probably, I, I, I can't say because I don't know if it's true or not true. Was that the tiebreaker? Did Dawn promise them if you put me on instead of Holly, I'll send you, I'll send you bread every week. (laughs) I would have sent him a pie every other day. Okay. Well, <laughs> but I, I guess I didn't, I didn't hear that. So I, um, I didn't know that she sent them bread if she did. <laughs> Do you know if she sent them bread? Uh, well, I, I'm telling you, somebody said it's a rumor on the internet, so it's probably true. Wow. She likes to bake. I think her name should be Betty Crocker. Don't you, her nickname? Yeah. Well, I think that would be a better nickname than True Grit. I think that one. Yeah. I think the, I CE, the CEO might have uh, spread himself a little too thin coming up with six nicknames this season. Yeah. That was, yeah. The specialist was probably not thinking about that one as, as much as the other ones. Okay. <laughs> here's, so. Okay. Here's a question that I want to get your opinion on. This is from Keith Dixon. All right. Now, this is going back to last week, and there was a lot of discussion of is Francesca the worst survivor player of all time? And I said, no, Holly, I said, she's not. Okay. Okay? So then, uh, so then the obvious question was who is, and I came up with, so this is deals with that. Keith Dixon says, uh, Rob said that Wendy was the worst person to ever play the game of survivor. Do you agree with that? And when did you realize that aligning with her was a bad idea? So (laughs) yes, I can't, I did a formula, Holly. I said, okay, who is least athletic? Who is least, least liked by her tribe? And who is, is the least strategic person? And I, I put this all into the computer and your tribe mate, Wendy was the name that I came up with. Uh, number one, uh, is this fair? And number two, am I wrong? Oh, that's hard. Um, no, you're not wrong. (laughs) She's a very nice lady, but she got on people's nerves and she was bad in the challenges. And I don't think she knew, (laughs) knew a thing about playing the game survivor. Well, she just talked all the time. Yes. You know, and I, I remember being out there the first night and it was pouring rain and our shelter broke down three times. And she was talking all the time. <laughs> and, you know, Wendy's a great person, don't get me wrong. But Very nice lady. in the game of Survivor, it just, you sometimes, that, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how to say it. I, but, yeah, I, look, I'd have to agree. Holly, her, her husband told her you're going to be the first person. Quote up. If your family doesn't even think you have a shot to go far in the game, this is not a good sign. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's not a good sign. If the most supportive people in your life say, yeah, pretty sure you're going to be voted out first. Not a good sign. Okay, good. I'm glad I have your blessing on that. That would be, if my husband would have said that to me, oh, I'd have been mad. But yeah, that was, that's not a good situation to be in. No, it's not. She's lost before she's left. (laughs) Right? Yeah. All right. Dan Heaton wants to know if you were on a season uh, in a tribe filled with returning players like this one, how would you play it? Would you sit back or would you try to take control? What is, what is a Holly Hoffman doing in a tribe full of returning players? Well, you know, I'm going to answer this question um, because, you know, I noticed in this season that some of the returning players are not playing like they did the first time. So, um, if I was to ever make it back, I don't know if I want to reveal that how I'm going to play if I go back. 
So, um, you know, you may see a change and you may not. Yeah. Well, I would say the best move here would be to not rock the boat. I I think that the right move here, especially when you play in a tribe with 10 people. Now, I played in a tribe with six people, and I think I did a bad job by, you know, not trying to take Well, Look, let's be honest. If I would have tried to take the reins, I probably would have been probably would have been voted out even sooner than I was. And I was the first person voted out of my tribe. But I think if you're not in a tribe with Boston Rob, I think if there's only six people, not a bad idea to try to take the reins. But if you're in a tribe with 10 people, I think the Sandra approach is the much better way to go. Just lay back, let lay somebody back else make some mistakes. Right. And and you have to understand is you have to look at who you're playing with as well. Yeah. So the first thing you have to do is you have to analyze who you're out there with, how you're going to play this, who the people are, how they played the first time. But of course, you know, I jumped into the game within the first 10 minutes and I had an alliance. So with the, the answer that I just gave you, you can probably see how I would play it if I was asked to come back. Yes. All right, yeah. so John DeBono wants to know, as someone who benefited from Brenda's alliance with Nayanka, uh, would you align yourself with a loose cannon like Shamar or, or Brandon to try to, or would you try to keep your distance and vote them out when you had the chance? So when you have somebody who's a loose cannon, like a Shamar, like a Brandon, like a Nayanka, uh, be- better idea to work with them or not work with them? I don't know if a lot of people know this from my season, when um, Nayaka started talking about quitting, I tried to keep her in the game. Yeah. I wanted to take Nayaka to the end with me mm-hmm. because who was going to vote for Nayaka, right? Mm-hmm. So I would try to work with them because I, I tried to convince her. I said, hey, you've got to stay in this game. It's better to get voted off than to quit. Of course, she didn't listen to me, but um, I would honestly, I would try to work with him. That's why I think Sherry made the right move, even though... These people, he's pro- he's getting under everybody's skin, but you have to remember you're only with these people for 39 days. Yeah. So it's how you are going to get to the end and who's going to vote for these people if you take them with you. So what is the right point to start thinking about that? I mean, now we saw Boston it's- Rob very early say, hey, I'm taking Philip to the end. And, and it had to have been what, day six, day seven, when he starts uh, talking about that? I think but- it was day seven. Yeah. So now, yeah. but now, if you've got Brandon Hans on your tribe and it's day four, could you really say, uh, "Hell, man! If I could get next to this guy thirty-five days from now, I'd be, um, you know, cash that million-dollar check on the way home from the airport." You have to take one day at a time. I, I actually, if you're going to play the game, and you see that at the beginning, he's probably going to go with you, especially if he's in a situation right now where he doesn't have the numbers, and you walk up to him and say, "You want to go with us?" What do you think he's going to do if he knows what's the right thing to do? See, I don't think you can do it that early. I, I think you got to you got to just worry about getting yourself to the merge. I think at this point, I think you could. There's just more bad things that can go wrong by trying to. Okay, well, let me try to. You know, let me see what I can do to try to keep Brandon in the game. Uh, and he could probably Brandon could end up doing something to get you voted out of the game. And and yeah. God knows he could turn on you. He could he could get you voted out by you know telling everybody. Oh, well, let me tell you what Rob was telling me the whole game. Yeah. And you know start going. I crazy. did it. I did it with Nyak on day twelve. <laughs> okay. So and they're on day five. So yeah, that's probably a little bit early. But with Sherry pulling Shamar in there, I, I thought it was the right move. Yeah. And, you know what? Also, she's basically using him for numbers 
And he's the type of person where if she says, okay, it's time for me to go with somebody else and get rid of him, you know they're all going to get be willing to get rid of him. All right. Um, so, One last question for you. This comes from, to us from uh, Alex Photopolis, and he wants to know, what's worse, Holly, ruining $15,000 shoes or <laughs> peeing in the rice? Which is the worst thing to do to do to, to the tribe? Well, first of all, they were... They weren't $15,000 <laughs> shoes. They were $1,600 shoes. Um, big difference. Big difference. So, Still think you know, peeing in the rice can, is worse. You can replace the shoes. But in the game of Survivor, um, you're out there and you, can't have, you don't have food to eat. Yeah. That's a downer. But wouldn't that be horrible? Yeah. Well, okay, and let me add an addendum to this question. Which is worse, stealing stealing all the food and hiding it or peeing in the food and not hiding it? Stealing the food. <laughs> That's worse? Then peeing in the food? Oh, no, peeing in the food is worse. Sorry. I would steal <laughs> you could the food find before the I would. Food. That's like, I think Brandon's nickname should be the urinator. <laughs> don't you think? That would be good. That'd be good. Now, what happens? Let's, I mean, I don't know, know the rules of the game. Brandon, if if Brandon relieves himself in the tribe's food, do you have to take him out of the game for that? I mean, well, I mean, what's what's going to happen? <sighs> let's 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 re- okay, real world. Let's I mean, let's really play this out. I mean, going back to some examples of this, I, I don't know if you're a Big Brother watcher. In Big Brother Two, we had a situation where one of the girls in the house was annoyed with this guy in the house, Hardy. So she took his toothbrush and she cleaned the toilet bowl with her oh. tooth with the guy's toothbrush. Didn't put it back in the thing. Didn't tell anybody and walked away. So now production stepped in and told the guy. I forget if they told her she needed to tell him, but they weren't going to let the guy go ahead and use the toothbrush. Now, if Brandon uh, urinates in the tribe's food or the water or whatever. Um, Production has to tell the other people, hey, you can't eat this rice because uh, it's been, you know, you'll get you'll get sick, right? Honestly, do you, do you really think they would say something? I think they have to. I, re- I, I don't think they'd want to, but I think that legally they can't, you know, that's they can't let them willingly let them do something to themselves that could potentially get them sick. I, I don't think that that's allowed to happen. I don't know. That's a tough, that's a tough situation to be in because, you know, look at, you know, the water that you drink, Mm -hmm. the, the, the places you go to the bathroom. Um, you know, you're not in a very sanitary situation to begin with. Okay. So you're saying that So (laughs) now if, if Brandon does urinate in the rice, but then they boil it, is that okay? Is that, could you, (laughs) I don't know. I don't That's a hard question. I don't want to know. Do you really think he's he's somebody would be capable? Do you think he's going to do that? Can't think. Can't imagine he goes through with it. I, I think you gotta. I, I think you have to take him out of the game if that's if if that if that happens. I mean that's I, that, that's, that's the same as that's punching going somebody. A little too I think. Far. Yeah. I mean that's why I'm telling you. It's like first of all, he says you know he's playing this game for his children, and then all of a sudden he's he's burning the shelter like the the you know they they showed the. For next week, you know, he's talking about burning things down, and I don't know. That's um, 
that's actually getting to be a little bit dangerous in my eyes. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go through with it. I, I can't I imagine. Yeah. I think he's all talk. I don't <laughs> think he's going to do it. He's all he's all talk, this Brandon Hayes. Yeah. But will every commercial for Survivor the rest of the season be uh, like Brandon is like, uh, well, next time I'm going to I'm going to stab Cochran while he's <laughs> sleeping. Uh, it's like, oh, next We're time Cochran. on Survivor, he's gonna, Cochran gets is going to get stabbed by <laughs> by Brandon Hans. Uh But then he's like, you know what? I thought about it, and I'm not going to do it. <laughs> See, I like I said, I think Brandon is more all talk. Yeah. Than than he is. He he's. I just don't think he would. That's going a little too far. Yeah. Let's hope would, so. I don't know if I was out there with someone like that. Whew. Yeah. Um. You know, I sometimes have to, you have to, you know how it is. There's times in Survivor where you have to just bite your tongue or walk away. But when you see someone acting like that, what what would you do? Right. Uh, what <laughs> what can you do? I mean, I've never seen anybody yeah. act like that. I mean, he's not just being wacky. He's being like, you know, a, a psychotic. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So uh yeah we'll we'll see exactly uh what happens with this brand. And and um, my last question for you is do you think that it maybe it's time to think about a demotion from uh middle management to entry level for Brandon Hands? I would think so. Yeah, I think so. I think I, time. I think he's up for review and it's time for maybe maybe a demotion. Uh maybe I, de- I would have to agree with maybe you. Maybe he needs to be an intern of uh, Stealth R Us Inc. before we if, talk about any middle management position with benefits or anything like that. Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah. All right. So Holly, uh how do people get their hands on your book? Actually, I just got my book on Amazon on Monday. Oh. So if you if you go to Amazon and Holly, punch say, in say your no, winner within, it's there. Say no more. I will I will set up a uh, a link, okay. uh, a direct link. Go to uh, robasawebsite.com slash Holly Hoffman and we'll go yes, directly. You can also get it through my website. Yeah. So, I, I, and that's hollyhoffman.org. Hollyhoffman.org. All right. Yeah. And then if you want to read uh, the foreword that Holly wrote for the specialist, colon, the Costa Rica job. And, and is that Costa Rica job a position in middle management, Holly? Oh, I think that's upper management. Oh, okay. That's, that's a little bit higher. <laughs> that's the job in question? It's an it's a, uh, executive level job? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. If you want to get your hands on uh, Philip's book with Holly's foreword, go to robasawebsite.com slash specialist. And that'll take you right there to the link on Amazon. Wow, that's great. Yeah. How do you like that, Holly? I think that's wonderful. There you go. All right. right. So, uh, Holly, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. This was a lot of fun. I think the last time we talked was when I did my exit interview when Dan was on the line. So I was honored that you asked me to to come and chat again. I love this. This yes. is I'm I'm really looking forward to watching the rest of this season. I'm loving it so far. Yes. And we also had fun at the first reality rally. Yes. Are you going to be back? I will be back. Yes. Yes, I'll be there as well. Okay, good stuff. So yes. we'll see you in April at the big uh, reality rally. Okay, sounds wonderful. All right, Holly. All the best to you. Okay, thank you. See you later. All right, take care. Okay, bye-bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Holly Hoffman here with us on Rob Has a Podcast. And now we should welcome in here, here she is. She's the first lady of podcasting and uh, an amazing person. <laughs> <laughs> yes, here she is. It's Nicole Sesternino. Hello. Nicole, how the hell are you? Are you drunk? Why would I be drunk? Do, I, do you think, I have I ever been drink, drinking and podcasting? 
Uh, yes. I don't like to drink and, and do the podcast. I find that I have too much to do. I'm sort of all over the place. Yes, you do get all over the, the couple place. Time, the couple times that I have had a drink during the podcast, I, I don't enjoy it. You did get a little loose. <laughs> I don't need to be more loose. I need to. I need to be taking like. Uh, I, I need to be like, d- like doing like Adderall and stuff during mm-hmm. the podcast. So anything. I, I, I need to be more alert. Yes. Not less alert when mm-hmm. I'm doing the podcast. If I was on somebody else's podcast, I, I'd sure I'd love to have a drink. But when I'm like running the show, yeah, too much to do. Yeah, I mean, f- forget drinking and driving. You should not be <laughs> drinking and podcasting. No, it causes accidents. It causes accidents. That's that's right. That's right. All right. So Holly Hoffman was really great. Nicole, you missed it. I'm sorry, I missed it. I'm sure you'll listen in the archive. I was definitely listen. Yeah. All right. So uh, let, I want to talk about something here. We talked about this at first last night uh, on the Survivor Know It Alls. Mm-hmm. And Nicole, this is a project that I'm very excited about. This has been uh, almost a year in the making that we've been that I've been uh, talking about this with our producing partner uh, Alex Forstenhausler yes. on this reality game masters. It's the first Rob as a podcast original web series. And if you don't know what I'm talking about. You can watch the trailer for what we're doing uh, at realitygamemasters.com. So the idea of what we're trying to do here, it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a web series. It's not going to be a live podcast or anything like that. It's going to be about uh, six episodes, and we're bringing together three of the greatest strategic minds from Survivor, Wowzer. and three of the greatest strategic minds from Big Brother, mm-hmm. and we're going to put them in. We're going to bring them all to one place. The worlds collide. Worlds are colliding, and they, we're going to duke it out in the game of global domination uh, risk. It sounds pretty amazing, and I know that you have been working really, really hard on this. We've been working very hard, so we're reaching reaching across the aisle to uh, all sorts of different people, and so I'm, I'm very excited about this. It should be a lot of fun. We're looking to shoot this in the spring, and we're going to cover it you know, the, the way you would cover a TV show, so it's going to look like... People like I'm sure some people think a uh, board game. I don't know how how interesting is this going to be. It, it's going to be good. It is like your two worlds colliding. You know, you have your production background where you actually created web series for the internet, and your podcasting reality stuff. Yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. And we have uh, Alex Forstenhausler is a really uh, great director. He's done a lot of uh, web shows before, mm-hmm. so. Uh, we're, we're excited about it. And uh, so we have this Kickstarter going. And if you guys don't know what a Kickstarter is, uh, it's a way to crowdsource uh, funding for projects. Mm-hmm. So it, we have uh, we started this last night. And I'm really I'm just really, really blown away that basically about 24 hours ago, uh, just a little over 24 hours ago from when I'm recording this podcast. Uh, our goal is we're trying to raise five thousand dollars for mm-hmm. this production, and basically, um, I'm sure some people are thinking uh, that you know this is like okay, Rob's trying to make money. Uh, really not. Yeah, it's really, not like that at all. Really not. What we're doing here is we're flying, we're flying people in, we're paying for hotel rooms, we're paying for locations, and you're we're paying, paying for production crew, right? Yeah. So uh, this is absolutely. I I have full disclosure on this podcast where I'm telling you something that I'm making money on and something that I'm not making money on. This absolutely is. This is we are not pocketing any of this money. So 100% of the contributions go towards Everything the is going towards the production. So we were looking to raise $5,000. At the time we're doing this, we're about uh we're somewhere between 30 to 40% of our goal in 24 hours. That's pretty fantastic. Over $1,700 has been contributed so far 
from people uh, from the, this community, which is amazing. But besides seeing the web show, you do get something from contributing. Yeah, and, and also, yeah, and the way Kickstarter works is that you, if you make a certain donation, there's certain prize, there's certain prize levels of like, uh, it's not prizes, it's like incentives, right? Is what it's called, and it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, we, we have a bunch of incentives there. If you want to check it out, uh, realitygamemasters.com. We're going to be announcing the cast uh, one by one. I can, with the one person, with the one player we announced in the game, our own Stephen Fishback. Ooh la la. And I'm not playing in the game. I'm going to be hosting the game uh, from and giving commentary mm-hmm. throughout the game. Is Stephen going to be giving fishies throughout the game? Fishy, fishy. <laughs> 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 no, I don't think so. Maybe if he wins, he'll he'll give out a fishy. Okay. Okay. He'll give so, himself to fishy. So yeah, and you could check out the trailer we shot at RealityGameMasters.com. Uh, and now he, I, I want to give something back, okay? Because you guys have been you guys have been giving uh, a lot to help make this production happen. Mm-hmm. So here's what I, what I'm going to do. So. Uh, we're asking you guys to donate or contribute to Reality Game Masters if you want it to happen. If you right. want, to, and it's also going to be free. When the idea was to ask for contributions up front rather than charge people for, other than for you know us to pay for it and then charge you on the on the other end, we mm-hmm. said okay, let's well let's let's not charge anybody for it except for the people who want who really want to see it happen. Yeah, who also then get incentives. So I think this is a really good idea. Right. So, uh, but I want to give back because I know also the reality rally is coming up Ooh. and i know we're we're trying to raise money also for michelle's place so here's what i'm here's what i'm willing to do when okay. i call all right for the first week of march mm-hmm. coming up march 1st to march 7th i'm going to take 100% of the proceeds that come into our amazon.com money okay our commissions from amazon.com uh-huh. and i will give 100% of that money to michelle's place for the reality rally. Oh, wow. So if you shop at robbiswebsite.com slash Amazon uh, between March 1st and March 7th, we will take 100% of that money and we will donate it to Michelle's place. So I will t- I'm will. i going to tell call Jillian tomorrow and tell and her- make it wh- official. Make it official, but uh-huh. I, I'm, I'm saying it on the podcast. So okay. I will tell everybody March 1st to March 7th, uh, so that's you know my way of giving back to everybody who's contributing to and it'll go to a good cause. This project we're gonna give it to uh, Mich- we're gonna give it to Michelle's place, and that's also that's gonna kill two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. In that also we're uh, that and we'll take that money and donate it to the Team Internino's Ooh. fund. It'll, it will put it in their in their it'll go in their standings. Mm-hmm. Then we should be able to then choose a champion for the uh, Rob as a Podcast team in the reality rally. Who is in Team Internino's? Uh, well, we'll also... We'll, oh, okay. We'll, <laughs> Am I jumping ahead? Yeah. We'll, 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 uh, Jessica Frey is the captain. Now. Okay. Okay? So I, that is what I'm, I'm, I'm willing to do. March 1st to March 7th, go to robbiswebsite.com slash Amazon. Any commission that comes in from what you buy, I will give 100% to Michelle's place. Yeah. So... And thank you guys for supporting us on uh, Reality Game Masters. We truly appreciate it. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And basically, the idea with Reality Game Masters is, look, last last year between Survivor and Big Brother, we tried to, we said, okay, let's cover The Bachelor, the Bachelorette. Yeah, and that didn't work. That was kind of boring. This year, we said, we're going to make our own show. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to make our we're own show make to bridge the gap between Survivor and Big Brother. So, Well, then will we be then podcasting about the show? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
We'll podcast every week with the person um, who gets kicked off of reality. Will game there be Masters. a Game Masters know it alls afterwards? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Uh, and then uh, was there any was there anything else uh, that I wanted to get into? Uh, no. So let's uh, <laughs> let's jump let's jump right into. It. So Nicole, before I get into the uh, all the stuff from social media uh-huh. with everything, and we're gonna listen to our voicemails uh, from you guys. Uh, what was your take on the episode? I thought it was kind of boring. Oh, I thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> yes. Oh, Nicole. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a snoozer. Bit of a snoozer. Why? Yeah. What? 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 It was kind of a C tease. I thought that Brandon was gonna go all you know. It- Ape crazy. Yeah. And he didn't. We got uh, teased on that one. Yeah. And um, although, yeah, I don't know. I, I just wasn't impressed. For the Survivor promo department, though, I think that they're kind of in a weird spot. Like but they really hyped it up. They really hyped it up. And then they sort of mislead what's going to be on the episode because I think they feel like, okay, well, we'll bring more people in if we advertise Brandon Hans is going to go crazy. Right. So more people will watch the show. But if a lot of people tuned in to expecting to see Brandon Hans go crazy this week, and I, again, I don't have any, you know, from the people I talk to, people aren't like, oh man, I hope hope Brandon Hans goes crazy this week. Hope he goes <laughs> loco. That's yeah. what I really want to see. Um, I don't know if, if you tuned in to watch that, then I can't imagine how you're not disappointed. So... Does it even make sense to advertise that's what's going to be on the show? Um, if you're going to bring people in who say, hey, I'm, I'm not watching this anymore. They're liars. Well, were you like when we were watching it and he went, you know, he started to go crazy and we're like, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Jerks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you were unhappy. And then the whole rest of the episode that didn't. I mean, it was okay. I, I was just I, I thought it was kind of a snoozer. Okay. Um, you didn't agree. Well, as the, I mean, going going into my third hour of talking about the episode, so obviously you make it exciting. You create this this thing in your head. Obviously not. No, it was. A, I thought it was very very yeah. interesting. With I, well, with um Shamar, that's his name, right? Shamar. Shamar. He he went crazy. So I guess that made up for Brandon Hands. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, what do you want to do first? You want to do voicemails? You want to do social media? You want to do voicemails? Sure, let's do some voicemails. Okay, let's take some voicemails. And, of course, the voicemails come from you guys, the audience. Uh, there's one of two ways to send us voicemail. Uh, you can, A, okay, mm-hmm. you can send us a voicemail via our Rob as a Podcast voicemail inbox uh, by phone. Mm-hmm. And you can do that at the number 323-282-RHAP. 323-282-RHAP. Or you can go directly, and I found this out today from our from our friends, SpeakPipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can leave us voicemail directly from your computer. Go to robiswebsite.com slash voicemail, and that will also work from your smartphone or from your iPad also. Oh. Okay. Did you get any dirty messages this not, time? No. No, I have not. No, I have not. Okay? Yes. Uh, that you, I'm sure you won't be happy until... I get a dirty message. Uh, yes, I, exactly. And then what if it's from a girl? Then you're going to be pissed. No, I won't. I'll laugh. You'll laugh? <laughs> okay. That's if I play it for you. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right, you ready for the voice? Don't vo- be sneaky. <laughs> all, right, all right, look, Nicole, you're making this mess. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. So this is our first voicemail. This comes to us from Antonio, uh-huh. and he wants to know about a potential tribe swap. Here we go, okay. Antonio. Hey, Rob, this is Antonio Arguinas. I'm a big fan of yours, and I'm so happy Um. That Nicole is back with us oh, this season. You. My question is, when the tribe swap happens, because we know it's going to inevitably happen, who do you think will be most affected and who do you think will be most benefited by that? Do you think there's 
people who are in trouble in both tribes, and they can totally switch the game. So, yep, thanks for everything you do. Okay. Well, thank you, Antonio. Yes, thank you, Antonio. All right, so, Nicole, who is going to be most affected by a tribe swap? Well, I think that the key to this is who's in a good position right, now right. and who's in a bad position what are, now. What are the numbers? Okay, so... Just off the top of my head, a few people that could benefit right now from a tribe swap. I talked about it with Holly. Uh, Brenda. Uh Brenda could certainly benefit from a tribe swap. Eric Reichenbach. Tribe swap would be huge for him right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brandon Hansa. He's too far gone. I think that he's just too crazy for any tribe. Tribe swap. (laughs) Tribe swap uh, can't save him. On the fans tribe, uh, Eddie and Reynolds both could use a tribe swap right Mm now. Uh, Will Brandon Hansa pee in the rice in the tribe swap? Yeah, that would well. If if Brandon Hans somehow pees in the rice and then gets swapped to the other tribe, that would be an ideal scenario for him. That's that's <laughs> then I, he doesn't have to eat the rice. That's ideal mm-hmm. rice urinating strategy right yes, there. Yes. So kudos to Brandon. <laughs> uh, people who I think would be hurt negatively by a tribe swap right now. Um, number one, Philip. Absolutely, that Phillip. was my number one. He's got all his ducks in a row. He's got uh-huh. uh, all right. This is. Uh, the intelligentsia attache. This is the executor. This is uh, Bigfoot. This is, you know, okay, he's got all these people. As Stealth RS Inc., if there's uh, some sort of a, what would you, what would you call that? Uh, um, I don't even know. Some sort of company, some sort of <laughs> company wide transfer, uh-huh. <laughs> then that, that could be big problems for Philip. And if I they think, mix up the middle management. Yes. Uh, also, I think on the fans tribe, I think Sherry could be in a bad spot if they mix up the tribes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the, for the people on the bottom, tribe swap helps. Yeah. For the people at the top, for the people, the Bo- the Boston Robs of the world. Not so good. It's, it's not so good. Yeah. And so, uh, Boston, and like, look for uh, a season like Redemption Island. If they would have had a tribe swap, boss, I don't think Boston Rob gets to the end. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. Okay. Uh, look at Survivor Marquesas. Boston Rob had everything the way he wanted it. Tribe swap. Then Boom, gone. Yeah. So if you are if you are somebody who's in control of things, you don't want a tribe swap. If you're somebody like Rob Sisternino who likes to work on the fringes and sort of <laughs> you know be sort of like you know. Uh, not the main, not the main guy uh, in charge, but sort of like, like you know, work thing, work things out. Then, then that's that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. You like a tribe swap? Yes. And it, it helped me in the Amazon. Yes, it did. Okay, so I'm hoping for a tribe swap this season. And there was one on the original fans versus favorites. When so. do you think it's going to happen? Uh, well, they didn't tease it for next week, so it looks like it's not going to. Ha- I think uh, I think we should maybe be looking for it in two weeks, maybe episode four. I hope it doesn't happen for a while. I hope that we keep the fans and the favorites just exactly where they are. Okay. I like to see it. Yeah, I like to see- I like to shake things up. Mm-hmm. All right, so here's our next uh, question, our next comment, actually, and uh, this comes from a person who did not leave their name. So all I can tell you is that <laughs> from this person, anonymous, this person is somebody in Miami, Florida. Ooh. Okay, so and make sure you give us your name when you leave us a voicemail. Well, what if an hey guys, uh, just wanted to say that on the recent uh, know-it-alls, you guys were talking about how Don's nickname didn't maybe fit, but maybe you're just not giving Philip enough credit oh. because if I was trying to take Don and, and give her a little bit of resolve and tell her to be strong on our team and be prepared to backstab and do all the things that we want her to be able to do as part of our alliance and not break down into tears every five minutes, I think True Grit might be a great way to let her know, you know, this is who you are now. This is who you want to be if you want to win and be in our alliance. So, anyways, just thought that was worth thinking about. Bye. All right. So, uh, this is actually a, I a pretty good call. I did think that that was a little weird. 
And so I, and I talked about it with Holly as well. We talked about it with Steven last night that Dawn's nickname of True Grit really does not make uh, a lot of sense. It, it doesn't. And we said, okay, shouldn't she be the baker? Shouldn't she be some? <laughs> Steven said the weeper. Oh, uh, she <laughs> cried one time on this uh, on this episode. Yes. Well, that was that was enough for Steven. Like, and other people too. Yeah. So. Uh, should that be Dawn's nickname or should you give her a nickname like True Grit? So, you know, we go back to uh, with Coach and Cochran back in South Pacific. Do you remember uh, Cochran's nickname that Coach gave him on South Pacific? I don't remember. It was Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> which was, again, you know, that's like calling the, you know, seven foot guy tiny. Uh-huh. The, you know, it's against type. And I wonder if Philip is sort of like a Hey, Dawn, you're true grit. It's strategic. Yeah. Hmm. So I'll I'll give credit to the CEO on that one. (laughs) If that's what he's doing, then that's smart. I don't know if that's necessarily what he was doing. Don't you think it was weird the way that he was working the cameraman uh, when he was giving the names of... um, Yeah, a lot of people talked about that. Did Philip... I guess Philip broke the fourth wall to talk about... Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. So it was kind of it was, it was like kind of somewhat like uncomfortable too. Yeah, you you didn't like that sketch. It was weird that that, that part of the show. <laughs> uh, I didn't mind it. I liked yeah. it. I just thought it was weird because you don't do that. They typically don't do that, yeah. but I mean, I, I don't think it's the first time that we've ever seen people talking to talking to the camera like you know they're talking to the viewers at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, famously, Boston Rob talked about, "Hey Grant, hey Grant, when you're watching this at home, you're gonna know." Um, right, but not with like the entire cast right there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess, I guess not. I mean, when we did the sketch of the fake tribal council on Survivor All Stars, I mean, that wasn't like to each other. I mean, that was kind of like. But that was was that a secret scene or was that? It was on the um, outtakes episode. Uh-huh. Right, right. They didn't air it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. No, I didn't have a problem with it. I just thought it was weird. Yeah. All right. Here's a question. This comes to us from Lisa Peoples. Ready? Here we go. Lisa Peoples. Hey, Rob. It's Lisa Peoples. And I had a question about, um, you know, lately you guys have been talking about some of the survivor contestants and who they have put about their survivor players they are most loved. So my question is, back when you played Amazon, who would have been the players before you that you would have put as players you were most like? And if you were going to play Survivor for the first time now, who would your survivors you were the most like be? And that's it. Thanks. Bye. All right. That's a good question. That is a good Lisa question. Lisa one of my pretty fit chick superstars. Superstars. Yeah. There you go. So – who would I have put down if they would have asked me ahead of time, who, who are you most like? Now, that this is a tough question because I don't know who I necessarily would have put down, who was the most like myself beforehand. I, I might have been tempted to say Boston, yeah, Boston Rob, although, but I'm not like Boston Rob at all. The, the thing that the two people that really were my big influences going into Dr. Will, Dr. Will from Big Brother uh-huh. 2. And, and then Lisa. Lisa. Lisa, I'm sorry, Danielle. Danielle, yes. <laughs> Danielle, yes, Danielle from Big Brother also. But I what I love what I loved about Boston Rob 
was that I, I love the way that he talked to the camera. That yeah. I, I felt like nobody on Survivor had had been that way with with the camera and been like, hey, let me tell you something. Uh-huh. Like, you, you know. So I I, I love I that about Boston Rock. Right. So he he was probably my favorite my favorite Survivor. But I, I was nothing like him. So I wouldn't have said I, I would play the game like him. But who would you say then? <laughs> Mitchell Olsen, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Oh, I didn't really think I was going to go that far. I said, okay, well, I'll just get invited to, the, you know, I'll just be, I'm, I'm the guy who knows all about the show. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, Mitch, and Mitchell Olsen, basically, he was like the super fan from the first season. They put him on the second season. And by day 12, he said, uh, uh, hey, look, I'm physically, mentally, and emotionally <laughs> exhausted. Just vote me out. <laughs> oh, I think you are the first person to say that you're like Mitchell Olsen. <laughs> um, the, the other person, I would, Jeff Varner. Yes. I think that's probably, mm-hmm. probably the, per, the, the closest person uh, before me. Okay. If you were going to go on now, what would you say? If I was going to go on now, if I was – see, in this parallel universe mm-hmm. where I did not go on Survivor ever, right. uh, I wonder would I still be – would I still watch Survivor 26 seasons in? I don't know. You would. Maybe I would. You're still watching Big Brother. So I still watch Big Brother. That's true. I still watch Big Brother. So anyway, so if I would watch Survivor 26 seasons, and uh, I think maybe I might. I thought about this earlier. I, I don't know. Uh, again, uh, would I would I love? But would I still like? If I was the same person who really uh, loved Boston Rob through season four, would I still say Boston Rob? I, I don't know. I certainly would not say that I play like him. Um, Todd, I feel like would be a good one. Although I feel like uh, Todd, would you say you play like Cochran? I, that's well, that's that's the thing. <laughs> but does Cochran get cast and put mm. on the show? He has no inspiration for, because you're not there. So we really screw everything up. Yeah, we really. <laughs> it's a real, uh, you know, it's like an episode of Lost. Yeah. We have to see whatever happened happened. Mm. So I think I would say Todd. Yeah. Uh, I always say Suri is somebody that I play that I played like. So yeah. maybe I'd say I'm like Todd and and Suri. If t- Todd and Suri had a baby. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> and Mitchell Olsen. Uh, <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So here's the question from Brian from Indy. That's Rupert Ooh. territory. Hey, Rob. This is Brian Bosman from Indy calling. I just wanted to say what a great second episode of Survivor. Really loved the way the season's starting out. have to say I was openly cheering for the favorites because I really don't have much interest in any of these fans. I had two quick questions for you from the show, a little bit off topic, but I think there's some pretty interesting questions. Uh, First, after seeing Cochran shoot his confessional on his uh, Little Mermaid rock chair, I just... (laughs) That's that's my favorite part about this voicemail, (laughs) that he says... uh... Cochran's that is so confessional. the Little Mermaid rock chair. <laughs> it's not the Little Mermaid rock chair. That's just my that's my favorite. Good job on that, Brian from India. All right, continue. Wondering if the survivors or the cameramen choose the spots for the confessionals. Uh, when you were shooting yours, did was there a place? Did you pick out the spot, or did they lead you to a place where you shoot those? Uh, my second question was: How many times do survivors, maybe purely out of boredom, try to create camera grabbing situations like? Uh, the specialist nickname roll call from this past episode. I uh, just was wondering about a little insider stuff there and hoping you can check me out. Thanks for all the great podcasts. Uh, keep up the great work. Bye. <laughs> all right. You know what? He said something interesting that um, that uh, he thought that the, the episode was really good. And I think that the reason why I thought that this episode was a snoozer was because they paid so much attention to the fans, and I really want to see more of the favorites. Yeah. Okay. And they didn't pay a lot of attention to the favorites. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Yeah. 
Sorry, Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so going back to uh, Brian's first part of the question, he wants to know uh, who picks where you sit when you do your interviews. And there are, are highly trained camera people and directors that work on the show. It's not like, because if you left it up to the survivors, like, okay, here's good. No, I think that Cochran really does sit there all day long in his little mermaid chair. I guarantee, I guarantee you. Some, and he sings. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Cochran might have said, what, what does he sing? I'm not gonna sing it. Yeah, <laughs> well, I get you know maybe Cochran said, "Hey, can I can I sit over there? Can I get over there? Can you uh, call but, me Ariel too, please?" Can you call? <laughs> no, he called. That's not what Jeff Probst would call the little mermaid. <laughs> well, he's gonna call her by her last name. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the contestants do not pick where they sit for a confessional. Uh-oh. So uh, while that did, maybe that was a, a very funny place for Cochran to be sitting, uh, I'm sure that the camera people set that up. They pick out the foreground background and all that mm. stuff and then as far as what philip was doing is that just a result of boredom yeah i mean if you're bored if you're bored enough especially with veteran players who know what you can do and what you can get away with right. on the show yeah they definitely will do stuff like oh, oh, oh okay get this get this come here uh, let me <laughs> uh, all right let me tell you everybody's nickname now okay like the fans are not as likely to uh be pulling like reynolds not gonna be like all right oh, come here come here let me let uh, i'm gonna do a sketch okay i'm gonna be okay i'm gonna be pretending to go down an escalator behind the truck Okay, come, here, come <laughs> so get this. Stupid. Yeah. So the fa- the everybody knows that you know part of being a, a f- getting to be a favorite is being a camera hog in the first place. Right. They know how to work the camera. They know how to work the camera. Yeah. So yeah, that if you're bored enough, like we talked about on the Survivor Amazon reunion, I get, I think what there was one day we did uh, we did a fake wedding where uh-huh. uh, we did a I I had a cer- we did a ceremony where I married uh, Heidi and Alex oh, in, a, nice. in a ceremony. So. Well, you do. You do. You guys stupid. played Family Feud and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. That, that's part of what you get. Part of the fun of of usable, unusable footage you get <laughs> when you invite Rob Sisternino on Survivor. Yes, I was talking to Parvati about this the other day. She, she was like, you know, it's just it's so boring. It's like, well, that's why Rob loved it because when you know there was nothing to do, that you guys were playing games. Here's the thing, everybody. I have no friends. Okay. <laughs> You guys are my friends, but because you guys are my friends, because nobody else will talk to me. Oh, and, that's not true. That's true. That's, not true. that's true. I have no, <laughs> I have no other friends. Stop and, that! Don't and, talk about my and when husband. I, when I went on Survivor, mm-hmm. it was perfect because one, I didn't have to go anywhere, uh-huh. and there were people that couldn't. They, they, like they had to hang out with me. They couldn't. They, all they could do is vote me out. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all they could do. <laughs> but they had. They had to be. They just had to hang out with me all day. Yeah. That's it. They had nowhere else to go. Yeah. So that's, and you entertain them. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I have one one last question. This is about a recent interview that Jeff Probst did. Here we go. His voicemail number five. Hey, Rob. What's going on? Love the show. I'm subscribed on all of my devices. I just wanted to ask you about, I don't know if you heard this, but Jeff Probst did an interview with uh, Chuck Klosterman on the Grantland uh, podcast, uh, which is part of a Bill Simmons network. Anyway, so Jeff was talking about certain players that he felt like had a low IQ, and I wanted to know if you had any thoughts on that. Anyway, love the show. Keep up the good work. And I don't care what Nicole says. Uh, keep those Venn diagrams coming. Those are very clever. All right, How dare you? Me. I'm out. Bye. All right. Uh, that's a great That's a great question. Now, uh, I did listen to this interview. Yes, that is your favorite author. Yes, of mm-hmm. uh, Chuck Klosterman. Uh, great, great voicemail, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so uh, I did listen to this interview. I, I started getting tweets about this, I guess, right. on uh, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Tuesday afternoon. So uh, Chuck Klosterman, uh, who is amazing. I love all, I love all of his stuff. Uh, Sex, Drugs, and Cocoa Puffs is great. I read uh, the, Inv- the Invisible Man over the summer. He's one of my favorite authors, and he's, and he's always great on the Bill Simmons uh, podcast. So uh, on Grantland, which is a part of the, you know... A, different division of uh of bill simmons podcast why is it called grantland it's long story okay so chuck klosterman interviewed jeff probst uh-huh. and jeff probst was talking about how one of the things they do uh chuck klosterman i think pretty pretty much asked him a but what is the having high people with high iq like basically they asked him a whole, a whole thing about um, uh, the intelligence of the contestants. Mm-hmm. Okay, and uh, here's what Jeff Probst. Uh, I-, I pulled the clip. Okay, here's Jeff Probst talking about uh, low IQ Survivor contestants. Okay, you ready? Ready. And in fact, a couple of seasons ago, we had two people on with IQs that were very low, and I wrote our casting director from location and said, "No more dumb people. Dumb meaning truly unfit mentally." Mm or intellectually, to play the game because they were so out of the game that they actually screwed it up for everybody else, and not in a good way. It's like you need to know how to throw a ball if you're going to play a game involving a ball. And so you need to be able to think with numbers and a little bit of strategy, or you're going to make this game so much about chance. And so, yeah. How did casting, those people? How did those people get cast then? What uh, there well, had to be a recognition that if it's if it was so yeah. clear, like yeah. Well, we've always balanced it, but we happen to have just a coincidence. We had two. I'm pretty sure it was two people that were very low, and in watching how it played, I saw the impact we all did of somebody who didn't know. Move your rook, move your pawn, move your, come on, move something. And so they got cast because they brought something to the show. They definitely brought different qualities. But when you actually tested it and realized, okay, there is a limit on the IQ. You've got to have, you've got to have somewhere in the lower average IQ. These were very low, unfortunately low for them. You know, life will be harder for them because so low. <laughs> all right so that's a bit harsh nicole all right so i guess the, the question is that people are, are wondering who are these not one but two survivors who have an iq that's uh not <laughs> well below average oh. who uh screwed things up in a bad way and ruined the game uh there's uh, I've got I've got a few theories. Oh, who do you what do you think? Well, here's the thing. So now we have to sort of get inside Jeff's head. Right. Okay. So we have to think of what are these. Okay. I don't know how far back we want to go. He said a couple seasons ago. Yeah, it didn't sound too long, like a long time ago. Yeah. So let I'm imagining in the in the last couple of years. Yeah. Okay. So and I think back to what are the what are the seasons of uh, that we had people with an outcome that Jeff didn't like. Okay. So let's, we can cross off survivor redemption. Island cross that right because off. The there's list. no way with Boston Rob winning the game that Jeff would say that the game got screwed up in right. a bad way. Uh, yeah. Okay. A bad outcome. So no we'll, way. we'll rule that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that sort of leaves us going to, we have a uh, survivor one world. 
Should Survi- it be when a chick wins? Is that a Su- bad outcome? Survivor, Re- Survivor Redemption Island. Although in Survivor Redemption Island, I can't, I can't think of the two people here. Uh, I mean, could you have Edna and Rick? I can't imagine Jeff thinks Edna is a she's, low IQ. She's a doctor. They she's brought a- back Brandon Hans, so you gotta, you gotta kind of rule him out. Yeah. Yes. Um. So I'm not thinking it's Survivor South Pacific. Uh huh. And then we have a uh, survivor Nicaragua. That's possible. That's possible here. Now, one of the the one of the more obvious ones you say maybe Purple Kelly and Nayanka. But Jeff's talking a lot about strategy here. Yeah, I don't think that. I don't think their IQ is is that is that low. Yeah, he's saying that low. You know, he's not saying like, look, you got people that don't know. Hey, I'm five days away from winning a million dollars. So I'm smart enough to know I can just stick it out for five more days right. and get there. So. I don't think it's I don't think it's Nicaragua. I don't think so. I don't think it's a heroes versus villains. Thing. Definitely not. Definitely yeah. not. And I guess maybe we could we could go through Samoa and go and go through there and try to figure out who screwed up Russell Hance from winning from winning the game. But I don't I don't think so. I don't think that's what he's talking. about. I don't about. think that's what he's talking about. And maybe and who knows? Maybe I I don't think from Token teams. Maybe Gabon. But and now we're going back four. I think that's too far back. We'll go back too far. So let's go back to the Survivor One world. Yeah. Now, Jeff did did not seem to be too into. Jeff had admittedly has said Survivor One World not a great season. Yeah. And the thing that that jumps out to me, okay, we're looking for two people here, and you know, I've you know I've seen a lot of names thrown thrown around. A lot of people have said, okay, what is he talking about, Leaf? Uh huh. Um, and again, I'm not I'm not getting into yeah. Whether we're not going to pinpoint any names. I, I don't. I haven't seen anybody's IQ test. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm just th- throwing names out there. I mean. Uh, can we talk about Jay Byers here? Well, if we're going to talk about Jay Byers, well, let's not talk about his IQ. <laughs> okay, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But here's here's what I go back to. What would what could have happened where Jeff thinks the game got ruined? A chick won. Well, no, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. Let's not go there either. Yes. But I go back to when Troy Zan got voted out. Yes. Okay. Final eight. Okay. Uh-huh. And you know, you had to know Jeff loves a Troyzan. Of course. He loves a Troyzan. And, and not just that. Uh, who doesn't? Well, who doesn't? It's his island. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to think that for Je- the narrative that Jeff is seeing in his head, wants to see Troyzan and Kim duke it out to yes. the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. But instead, we have Troyzan here at the, at the final eight. Okay. Uh-huh. And uh, so we have, it ends up being that Kim... Chelsea, uh, Alicia, and Kat all vote for Troyzan. I got four votes for Troyzan. And then we have uh, Sabrina and uh, Troyzan both vote for Christina. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christina and uh, some uh, Christina votes for, I'm uh, sorry, three votes for Christina. Three votes came in for Christina, and Christina voted for Chelsea. So uh-huh. did Chris, I mean, and now if, if Cha-Cha votes for, uh, she can't vote, obviously she can't vote for herself. So maybe right. it was a mistake to vote for her. But I think there's somebody, there's some combination in there. Whether is Jeff talking about Kat and Alicia? Is he talking about Christine, Christine and somebody else? And now Christine, I, I know Christina a little bit in real life. I she's not I, dumb. She's not, I, I can't imagine she's a low IQ she's person. She's not dumb. It's not Christina. Um, 
And here's the thing. It seems to me like I, I watched the Survivor One World reunion show recently before I did my uh, Miss Survivor interview with Chelsea. It seemed like Jeff likes Cat, So I, I don't think he's talking about Cat. I really don't know. that. I'm just throwing theories out here. Yeah. Um, could it be Jay Byers and Leaf where early, you know, Jay Byers went back and told Kim about that Troy Zan had the idol and that screwed things up? So I think that I think we're on to something. I think Jeff uh, blames somebody for this men alliance really just getting totally Mm -hmm. ripped to shred by Kim. And I think that's, you know, I think it's in here somewhere. Is he thinking, is it Tarzan? Is that who he's talking about? Tarzan's Tarzan's a a doctor. He's a doctor. He can't possibly have a low IQ. I mean, could it, is it Michael and Jonas? I mean, I think there's there's something. Not my Jonas. (laughs) Somebody's in there somewhere. I mean, uh. Could it, is it even beforehand when the when the men sent themselves to tribal council? Is it Bill Posley somewhere in there? Maybe. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's I think it's Survivor One World, and I'll leave it up to you guys. Tell me in the comment section what you think. It's not Jay Byers. <laughs> okay, Jay Byers did put together a three D puzzle. I was I he was. He did told. put together the best uh, he, set of abs it, I've ever seen. Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> All right. Just All right. saying. Here we go, Nicole. So, uh and now in addition to a voicemail. For the first time ever, I actually got an infographic. From... Oh, really? I love infographics. You do? Okay. I love pictures. Okay, so yeah, so we got a picture. Uh, this comes to us from uh, Mikey in West Hollywood, and he uploaded this uh, to oh, me on neighbor. Facebook. Okay, and so basically, if the infographic is a calendar which shows the filming dates of Survivor Caramoan uh-huh. and the days leading up to Big Brother 14 this summer. Ooh. And so, what he wants to know is. Uh, highlighting the days that overlap, the pre-production okay. of Big Brother 14, and the filming of Survivor Caramoan, did Brandon Hance's performance on Survivor Caramoan, taking place at the same time as the finals of casting for Survivor 2012, have any influence on uh, or impact of CBS casting Willie Hance on Big Brother? It was the same exact time. So somewhere, was there an executive at CBS, uh, like... This Brandon Hance is gold. We need more Hances. We want a Hance and we want a chicken in every pot and a Hance on every show. Probably. He's peeing in the rice. Yeah. Get me more Hances. That's disgusting. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, is are you buying that, Nicole? Uh, did did it was it a coincidence that the producers of Survivor are thinking we want more Hance, and the producers of Big Brother are saying we want more Hance, or was it a cause and effect of Brandon? Oh, he's killing it out there. He's a Snebra. I don't think anything with the Hanses are a matter of coincidence. Okay, so you think that you think that the producers, you think so, either people at CBS or the producers of Big Brother said, "Hey, I hear Brandon Hans is killing it out there on Survivor. He's I going think something he's, like that happened. He's going loco. He's in every commercial. <laughs> we need give us our own Hans. Mm-hmm. Okay, that didn't work out too good on Big Brother. It, it did not. Yeah. But it's only episode two of uh, Survivor, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah. Well, Willie Hans was good. I liked Willie Hans. We liked Willie. I liked Willie Hans. If he, if he can only not headbutt people. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's uh, dabble into some Survivor social media. I we love did, to dabble. We did a great segment last week where we talked about what was going on with all of these Survivors fighting on Twitter. Yeah, it was a little quiet this week. It was quiet this mm-hmm. week. I don't know if people know that we're watching... We're, Our eyes are on you. Yeah, we got eyes on uh, we got eyes on you, everybody. If stuff happens, if people are fighting, we're gonna catch it. Yeah. So not a lot of fights going on. Oh, this I week. think a lot of people. Not a lot of people. Um, I think Eliza caught a lot of slack for what she was saying on on Twitter. Okay. The well, fans didn't like it. People, people, there were a lot of Andrea backers out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So let's uh, get into here's some some of what was going on on Twitter. Uh, got a few tweets here uh, from the survivors themselves. Okay, uh, let's start with Laura Alexander. Uh, she's uh, at Laura Ashley Alex, uh, three first. Never trust a tweeter with three first names. Oh, it's really bad when there's two first names, <laughs> let alone three. Yes. Uh, she tweets uh, th- last night, I always notice a bulge, hashtag survivor. Yes. Oh, me too, sister. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then she also uh, she attached a picture of a pizza and uh, tweeted, uh, my date for the night is this why I didn't make the cool kids table? Oh, <laughs> I like her. Looking at her, looking at everybody's bulges and eating pizza. My kind of girl. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from uh, another one of the survivors, uh, Julia Landauer mm-hmm. at Julia Landauer. She tweets, uh, "Woohoo! Made it through tribal. My biggest contribution on this episode: putting my vote in the urn." Hashtag <laughs> thanks production. Oh, <laughs> yeah. At least it's something. Yeah, at least it's something. And a great job by uh, Brendan Noel and the uh, Robinson Podcast interns uh, keeping track of all the tweets of everybody, of all the survivors. And there's a lot to get to. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Malcolm tweeted, at Malcolm WHW, uh, he tweets, Tonight I'm going to a bar where I get to keep my boxers on and not have a short TV host yell at me. Neither is likely on tonight's Survivor. <laughs> oh, boy. The hype joke. Yes, and, and his boxers joke. Yes. 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 I was a little sad they didn't fall down again. Okay. Keep it together. Keep it together. (laughs) Just saying. All right. At Reynold uh, Topfer, uh, he tweets, uh, we'll be watching Survivor tonight from the cool kids table, uh, a miniature table with my wife and our son, Jacob, and his watercolors. Yeah. I think that he wanted to make sure everybody knew that he was married and not snuggling up with Allie. Okay. I I talked to Allie this morning. Uh Uh-huh. She said that it was just platonic. Uh Uh-huh. They're just just friends. So... That means that if I ever go on Survivor again, then that's that kind of stuff is okay. Okay, and while you're on Survivor, I'm <laughs> going right, to need to keep right. too. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. All right. Ali Pohovitz, uh, she tweeted. Uh, she's very upset, Nicole. She tweeted, I'll just go cry in the corner for the next month. Thank you all. Hashtag mortified. Hashtag still hates Shamar. Oh. I almost said Semhar. Oh, don't say Semhar. I like Semhar. No. <laughs> Shamar and Semhar sound alike. They, they do sound alike. <laughs> they do sound alike. And I bet they would be a pretty dynamic duo if they were on the same tribe. I think Semhar would totally put him in his place. Maybe. And then read him a poem. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, me- mesmerize him but not hypnotize him? Is that what he would do? <laughs> I think that's what it is. Something like that. Something like that. All right. Yes. So Brandon Hans, uh, he took to Twitter last night. He Ooh. tweeted... Uh, at the real little Hans. So he's tweeting himself. That no, that's his. That's his name on Twitter. Okay. Oh, I thought he okay. was tweeting himself. Uh, and he tweets, uh, "This episode is dedicated to my uncle Russell. You taught me well, Unc. Hashtag all caps. Blood is thicker than water. Hashtag Hans. Hashtag I did not have sex with my uncle. <laughs> well, they did not. You know, I have to say. Uh, I think I liked it better when Brandon and Russell were fighting. Don't get along mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yeah, I think I like that better. Yeah, I can't keep up. They fight. They love each other. They fight. They love each other. Yeah. Pick, pick a side. Pick a side. <laughs> All right, here we go. So let's get. Here's the good. Let's get to the good ones. All right. 
Here we go. Eliza on uh-oh, Twitter. Uh-oh. All right. Eliza's pretty much my, my number one survivor going right now. Love <laughs> love Eliza. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I, I, I think we need... I wish Eliza had more social media profiles. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's killing it right now. She's killing it. She's, <laughs> yes, she is. She could be up for uh, Survivor Tweeter of the Year. Ooh, very prestigious. Okay. So she tweets uh, last night... This fan tri- this fan tribe is almost as much of a train wreck as Dawn after Tribal Council. Hashtag Survivor. Oh, why is everybody beating up on Dawn? Well, Eli- I don't like Eliza that. really went after Dawn. Is uh, Dawn the first person that cried on Survivor? Yes. All right. So I that Eliza, of course, uh, writes writes a blog about Survivor on Reality right. Nation. She she went after Dawn this week. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so here I, I, I printed this out uh, let's see okay so she talked about uh, then we see Dawn bawling and saying it became too pointed and personal for her really Dawn you did this and you brought this upon yourself I have zero sympathy for this grown woman Dawn is crying again this is so old I would rather see Holly instead of her this crying shtick is so overplayed she claims she would never be mean to someone really Dawn Really? Dawn is a train wreck. Dawn is not a train wreck. Just because she voted Francesca out yes. doesn't make her a bad person. No, that's what I'm just I'm just I don't make up the news, Nicole. Yeah, I just report know, it. Dawn is one of the nicest people. I, I don't I don't know how anybody can say anything bad about her. Yeah. Well, that now you know. <laughs> I guess so. Now you know. Uh, and Eliza also uh, tweeted, wow, these fans, parentheses, read recruits, are idiots, hashtag typical, hashtag survivor. Okay, well, she's got it there. <laughs> she right, got it right there. <laughs> okay, uh, here's a good one. Uh, Rupert, who lately has been on, on fire. Roar. Rupert. Uh, Rupert has a couple good tweets here. He, he, every now and then he does come up with a good one. <laughs> he does. Uh, so Rupert, at Rupert Bonham, he tweeted during the episode, uh, Lesson learned. No running through the woods yelling, who voted for me? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see. Another one from Rupert. I can't do the Rupert. I'm uh, going to hurt my throat. Uh, I can't believe he found the idol so easily. Good for him. I stuck my hand in more holes looking for it. Whoa. I bet you did. (laughs) All right. And last one. This is my favorite. My favorite. And he doesn't mean trees. Got it. Got it. All right. uh, My favorite tweet from Rupert is uh, Brandon's ear stick looks like a redneck Bluetooth. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Rupert. Very, Very good, Rupert. That was good. That was funny. Yeah. And then I have about uh, 12 tweets from Survivor Shannon that I can't read. Sorry. (laughs) Inappropriate. Can't read it. All right. Inappropriate. Inappropriate. Okay. So sorry about that, everybody. All right. So a lot of people had some some feedback that came in on the last show. I I named my pick for the worst Survivor of all time. Right. Right. Uh, So I, I named my pick. A lot of people disagreed with me. Who did they say? A lot of people disagree with me. Uh, this is from uh, Christian Zicardo, and this came to us on our Google Plus uh, page. Mm-hmm. And if you want to join our Google Plus community, you can go to robiswebsite.com slash G plus. Uh, spell it out. P-L-U-S. G plus. Uh, it says, have to disagree with your choice of worst player. It's obviously Francesca because she couldn't outwit anyone, couldn't outplay anyone, and couldn't outlast anyone and didn't have the social graces to get enough people to align with her twice. Great two-hour podcast. First off, Christian Zicardo. That's a good uh, point. 
Do you realize that Eliza could be listening right yeah. now? She's what she's, are you? Are you crazy? You're going to be in her next blog. <laughs> are you crazy? <laughs> uh, so I said I do. I don't agree. I don't think Francesca is the worst. Just, she's good in challenges. I think that he had some good points. If she's good at any one of the, one of the things, I think uh, you know. I don't even think that Francesca is that bad. She's unlucky. She's very unlucky. She's unlucky to first off to be on you know to be on the tribe that loses the first immunity challenge twice. The I mean, if we're just saying it's a fifty fifty shot right, either way, right. uh, it's only a twenty five percent chance that could even happen to you. Yeah. So you know, so chances are, if you went on two survivors, you wouldn't even lose the first immunity challenge twice. Yeah. Chances are. Sad story. It is a sad story. <laughs> and, and then I just think Francesca's very unlucky. They keep putting her on seasons with Philip. Uh, she's good in the challenges. I think she seems like a nice enough person. She People a, really like her. She has a good attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think she's the worst. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I that uh, we're not results oriented. We're gonna look. We're <laughs> digging deeper. Yes. All right. So we Sh- rely on Venn diagrams. Yes, that's right. So Shana Davis has a different suggestion. Okay. Okay. So Shana says. I liked Rob's analogy of the worst survivor player ever, but I believe Lisa Lisi from Fiji is the worst player ever. She didn't even try at the challenges. She was rude. She didn't even seem to have respect for the game at all. Then she quits the game after spending a majority of the game living in a luxurious camp. All right, Nicole. So is it possible that Lisi is the worst player of all time? No, because she has the best song of all time. Hit it. Okay, so I have a special place for uh f- for Lisi. Okay, it's my favorite song, uh, and this is an original song from Lisi. Tidy whities <laughs> little boy. Tidy whities Tidy whities little boy. Tidy whities Tidy whities little boy. Tidy whities But you need the video to go along with it. Uh, now, okay, I can only play uh, up, up to 34 seconds of this, and then it no longer is a family podcast. For, okay. <laughs> All right. First off, big, big tip of the cap to everybody at uh, the, the Facebook group previously on Survivor uh, for introducing me to that. Best song okay. ever. Uh, that is from Lisi, Lisi Linares uh-huh. uh, from Survivor Fiji. This is uh, one of her original music videos. Uh, very makes me very sad. This video only has twenty seven hundred and two views at uh, at the recording of this. Uh, very makes me very sad. Now I know about about twenty six hundred of them are from me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love this uh, video. It, it's it's very not safe for work. So do not look at this. Video yeah, you don't want your coworkers to, watch, work. to see you watching but this. Obviously, Lisi cannot be the worst player of all time if she made the music video to Tidy Whitey. It's Whitey's. impossible. It is absolutely Tidy, impossible. Tidy Whitey's. Uh, not safe for work mm-hmm. and uh, parental discretion <laughs> is strongly advised. Yes. And that's a, that's all, that's as much of it as, a, as but I But do yourself play. a favor and watch yeah. it. Oh, we, we love it. We can't, we, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, this should be the theme song to Robin's podcast. I'm going to put this on my voicemail. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I, I wish we could get Lisi to re-record a version for Philip. Yeah. Like, like, Tidy, tidy pinkies. Tidy panties. Tidy whities, little boy. 
Yeah. All right. So maybe if somebody can get a hold of Lisi, maybe we can get her to record an original or, or play in concert. You should do your own version of the video. I <laughs> should of the video. <laughs> of the video. All right. So uh, yeah, check out, go to YouTube thing and search uh, Tidy Whitey's Lisi. But isn't the, like, she, she created the song at, like in response to fans <laughs> coming up to her? Yeah. I, don't, I don't even want to get into the urban legend of, uh, <laughs> well, we can address this more at another uh, at another time. I want to interview her. If more people, yes, <laughs> that should be a goal of the show. Yes. All right. Uh, so here's a here's a comment that came to us from uh, <laughs> this comes to us on from Survivor Know It Alls. This comes to us from. I'm just laughing at the commenter's name. It's from Russell Hans's Butler. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Hans's butler says, uh, are the BR rules, are, are Phillips BR rules a ripoff of what would Boston Rob do? Uh, now, in fairness, we did do a little uh, what would Boston Rob do? I believe during, was it during Survivor One World? I think so. Or it might have been, it was either during uh, Survivor One World or it was either actually during Survivor South No, Pacific. I think it was. It was one or the other. Why are you asking me? I feel like it started, like I, I first wrote that on the blog on CBS.com during one of those right. seasons. And I know we talked about it on the show, mm-hmm. but that's a little different. Yeah. A little different. Not really. <laughs> not really. Hey, it's not different. You stole it from me. Uh, all right. And then uh, one last question. This comes to us from uh, Los Poyos Hermanos said, uh, <laughs> Uh, this podcast is so good when Nicole is on for oh, so long. Thank you. Keep her coming, Rob. I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> I try my best, Los Poyos, but it's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done each week. And I think that is... I don't think he meant the podcast. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, okay. You don't have to explain it every time, Nicole. <laughs> you can just let it. I have to explain it to myself. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, that's uh, you know that's gonna do it for another uh, Survivor podcast. But uh, the fun doesn't stop there, everybody, because every day on RobIsAWebsite.com, we have uh, right now we have what four or five Survivor bloggers right now just uh, hammering away at this season. You're like a slave driver. You don't let them sleep. You don't <laughs> feed them. I'm sure you don't give them water. You know, I know that you have to separate yourself from this, but for everybody else in the world besides you, I'm not responsible for getting them things to eat and drink. Everybody else in the world somehow is able to do these two things without my assistance. Well, that sucks for them. (laughs) Yes. So they actually are responsible for their own food and drink. I'm thirsty, by the way. (laughs) So uh, our Survivor bloggers, every day we've got a uh, a new blog up, Survivor, Amazing Race. Uh, Really, we're, we're killing it right now. Yeah. Uh, really great. And and the blogs are really, really great. Mm-hmm. They are. They are really good. Everybody works so hard. Everybody works very hard and uh, everybody takes it very seriously. So check out the blog section on robhasawebsite.com. Okay. So, uh, and then we got a big, uh, big weekend coming up. I'm going to do our Amazing Race podcast with real live Amazing Racers, Nicole. Ooh, who are you getting? Ryan and Abby from last season of The Amazing Race. Ooh, They're going to join us on Sunday night and I'm going to talk to them live uh, after the Oscars are over. Okay, yes. Okay, so, I need to watch the Oscars. Yes, because I know you have uh, very seriously, you've taken the movies this year. Why get me douched? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you've seen, you've seen so many of the Oscar-nominated films. I just want to see the dresses, films. okay? Yes. Uh, so that's going to be on uh, Sunday night. And maybe, just maybe, there could be uh, working, on, working on some other surprises, including perhaps a Canadian Big Brother preview. Ooh, la, la. Right. Are uh, we going to be able to watch Canadian Big Brother? Yes, yes. 
Okay. So uh, that's going to be uh, lots, lots of good stuff coming up this weekend. Okay. So who is the, the guest on next week's podcast? Or is that like a surprise? We're, we're, we're working on it. Okay. It is not locked in yet. Okay. Okay. So uh, I am in negotiations Ooh. with the next guest of the podcast. Okay. okay? So uh, all that is uh, very good. And then uh, don't forget, uh, from starting March 1st to March 7th, if you uh, use our links for Amazon.com, I will donate 100% of the proceeds that we get uh, to Michelle's Place and the Reality Rally. So uh, use the link robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon and feel free to tell anybody you want uh, that if they use that link uh, from March 1st to March 7th, 100% of the commission that we get will go to charity. There's nothing better than that. It's nothing, nothing better. <laughs> Nothing better. All right. So uh, that's going to do it for another edition of Rob Has a Podcast. If you liked what you heard here today uh, and you want to give us some good feedback, go ahead and do that on iTunes. Give us five stars. That helps us in the ratings. Or if you want to subscribe to this feed or or to the main feed or to the survivor-only feed, you can do so at robhasapodcast.com slash show feeds. Okay? All right, you ready, Nicole? I'm ready. All right, let's get out of here. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we'll be back uh, next week with more Rob as a podcast. Take care, everybody. Got nothing for you. Bye.